What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to another edition of Real Chronicles, brought to you by thecinematicreal.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with my compadres, Mr. Jack Renault. What is going on? Uh, you know, it's always a fun day when uh, the topics of Chop Talk get to make their way over to Real Chronicles and have their more in-depth do in some ways, especially today, since we get to talk about an entire series. So that's going to be fun. Dare I say a groovy day? You could definitely say that. Yes, I will. Uh, and I'm glad that I get to talk about ja- Jack Renault in two areas today, which oh which would be my welcoming of Jack <laughs> Renault, and I get to talk about ja- Jacques Renault in a, in, a, in a few minutes. Uh, bite the bullet, baby. Bite the bullet, baby. And <laughs> <laughs> joining us once again is our favorite guest, Mr. JC Merck with the movies. How are you today, good sir? You no, know, I'm always happy to join you in this podcast i love doing it so i'm very excited for our topic especially which is one of my favorite horror franchises oh yeah today we are going to run down the entire evil dead franchise it's culminating with the latest edition evil dead rise which we all saw this week uh so i'm not going to waste time i'm going to jump in the news and not that much this week that i added on here just because we're gonna there's a lot to dive into uh I'm going to start with Jack on this first bit of news because I know he's the biggest fan of this genre. Uh, the running joke on this podcast is uh, is this. So Adam Driver is uh, rumored to be in final talks to play Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. I know you're a big fan of the Fantastic Four, Jack. Um, read the comics. Watch oh, the yeah. movies. Always. Uh, interesting. I mean, he like... Like, I know he, he was definitely in stuff before, but he really became, like, a household name with, like, Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. uh, playing Kylo Ren. So, him, I don't think he's, he hasn't really gone back to the franchise to the genre area. No, no. Well, he did uh, that 65 movie this year, which JC is yeah. the only human on this earth that probably saw it. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, but, yeah, him going back to the, uh, to, like, the franchise uh, kind of thing, I... I mean, I'm here for it. Like, he obviously is now at a point where I think he honestly just gets to do what he wants to do. And, like, I don't think him doing this will, like, siphon his, like, desire away from doing, like, smaller movies. So, yeah, he can, he can do what he wants, and I'm sure he'll bring what he always brings to the role. So, I'm sure he'd do fine. Yeah, I'm with the, uh, it's not anything of confirmation. I'm just very curious since I've been seeing this rumor everywhere the last week. Uh, JC, I know you were more bigger fans on comic book movies than Jack, so. No, yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I mean, I used to always, I was telling everybody, I'm like, it's most definitely not going to be John Krasinski. I'm like, I felt like that was just like fan service, just, you know, because like, I guess. Yeah, it, we all want, kind of wanted him, so I felt like that's what like with Doctor Strange. So I'm okay with Adam Driver, and I like it because it's like he's. I feel like Robert Downey Jr. All these and Chris Evans, they barely used to do movies when they used to take this role. But I feel Adam Driver knows how to balance that with mm-hmm. the like Noah Baumbach Indies because when he was in the Star Wars, he was still doing his his yeah, Oscar right. stuff. Agreed. So like I'm, I don't like if he was one of those actors who. 
he would only do that, I'll be a little worried because I'm like, I like him in, in his indies. But I, I mean, hey, he's a talented actor. Get his bag, and then it, it allows him to take risks by doing stuff like sixty five or, De- or the Dead Don't Die. Okay, like if this movie flops, I'm still I'm still okay because I got the Disney paycheck. Yeah, I'm hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree with you. It's very much the. I think he's one of the best actors working today, and I think Feige knows Marvel's struggling big time right now. Um, embargo lifted for Guardians yesterday for the people that there was like a few people that saw it. I think in, uh, I think it was Spain or Mexico. Okay. Uh, so far, so good. I see it on Thursday, and embargo lifts right away on Thursday. So, I and they're having fan screenings on Friday. They have one at Lincoln Square on Friday, but it's sold out already. Sorry, JC. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, it was. It was I, it, right? Yeah, it was next Friday. Okay, because I, because I'm I saw so, uh, this is like I, I mean he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I don't mind saying it, but it's like this kid. Who he has a thing like that, but you see how like um GoFobo they they send all these screenings yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It was through GoFobo. Yeah, like he sent them. He like, oh, I got I got invited in my head. I'm like, bro, that, that you Mark Kevin Feige did not send you this directly. It's just it is a. Fan I thing. wonder. I we can talk off the air. I wonder if it's the same person that I. No, but yeah, we'll talk about it off the air. But, but it no, yeah, it, me. I'm like, I didn't say that because I didn't want to like break his little arm, like. Yeah. Stuff like that. Don't do not think that Kevin Feige invited you early to see stuff. You have like a thousand followers. <laughs> no, like, yeah, trust me. Um, but no, I mean the good news is there's hope with this. But no, yeah, there's also this. I'm not. I didn't even really want to add to it, but it's just interesting the whole Vanessa Kirby rumors about her playing Sue Storm. Um, oh, I would like that. Now I'm guessing. Are you gonna get four Oscar nominees to play the entire family? Because that would. Who, who are the other two? Who, who they have for? Who are they going for? I don't know. For I haven't even heard any. What Timothy, Timothy Chalamet? Yeah, that's the Oscar nominees. But I, I, I really that's the one rule. I am either go with a. I don't want to just go with somebody that's like maybe has like one TV show under their belt, and this could bring them stuff. Like, it's like Chris Evans when he was when he got cast, and all he were, all he was really known for was not another team movie at that point. Or dare like, I, I say, don't want it to be ours- somebody known. There are say our Superman Christopher Reeve, and I say ours for the three of us because we actually know what's <laughs> yeah, up not, and know what's we're right. Not we're that's not one of the co- that's one of the comic book movies I'll really go out for. Hell yeah! Except yeah. the ending, we can never go out for the ending of Superman <laughs> seventy eight. Unfortunately, and then uh, last bit of news, I just saw it on JC's post. I've been really busy with like other with uh, my day job this week. I didn't get a chance to post this. Uh, I two things. Doe for Anthony Ramos. And I love the name Twisters for the movie. Very alien, <laughs> aliens-like. Just one. Yeah. So he's joined the cast of Twisters. Uh, pretty cool, man. I- I'm actually looking forward to this. No, for sure. Then I was like, I mean, the Isaac Chung is a little, I'm a little interested, but we, I mean, back in the 90s, we didn't see this, but recently we've seen a lot of like indie low-budget directors jump, jump, jump straight to a blockbuster in their second or third movie. So I feel it could work. I mean, at least we know with him, it'll probably have, like, the human aspect will probably be very more interesting. And, you know, because I love the original Twister, but that's more of a guilty pleasure. Like, oh, yeah. I don't really care much about the human characters, per se. Like, the performance I love, like, for Lizzie Brohobbin, but I feel with Lee Isaac Chung, I feel like we might actually get, like, good, like, storytelling, which will add to the fun popcorn stuff. Have you seen Twister, Jack? A while ago. I'll definitely need to rewatch it. Yeah. 
I think I think you'd have a good time. It's yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun. It's It's like very much like a three point five special that I always tell JC he gives. It's very much a perfect three point five movie. Like you sit there, you watch and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. You can't take it serious. And you live in Kentucky, so it's a little too home for you. So I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, do you guys get? Not not as frequently as like the mid Midwest, but like we've definitely had like our scares, and there have been some like in recent years to like. I, w- I wouldn't even know how that. to handle something like that. Like, Man, I like freaking, everybody, I like the wiz- like the Wizard of Oz, like everybody talks about the flying monkeys being the scary thing. It was the Twister that scared me as a kid. Like just the way they shot, I was like, dang, like that, like. So like, not I, like I know all about that. Let's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last bit of news. I don't usually. I, highlight too many festivals on here but uh tribeca announced our lineup and they have some really interesting compared to like the last couple this is my third year covering tribeca and i gotta say like i i've actually decided to take more days off of work because (laughs) there's a lot of like interesting things here like and i I know jc's posted some stuff i'm gonna run through to see if they interest you jack I know the first one's not for you. It's for me and me and JC. And there's a <laughs> Chasing yep. Amy documentary called Chasing Chasing Amy about the Kevin Smith film. Yeah. Uh, very hyped. Very hyped about that. And I love that it's basically the, they're going to uh, touch on the controversies of the LGBTQ uh, representation in that movie. So I'm very interested in that. Uh, this may interest you, Jack. There's a Rock Hudson documentary coming to Tribeca. Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm not, not like I don't. I'm not like too in depth on Rock Hudson himself, but like his whole story is definitely really interesting and someone that I think isn't like too like I guess like noteworthy in the public eye. So like a documentary to kind of you know maybe like boost his popularity. That's always a good thing. Yeah, I've had to tell people about his history in Hollywood, and a lot of people mm-hmm. are very surprised about the whole like how he had to hide everything pretty much. I remember, uh, what was it? It was like when I was first saw the episode of him on I Love Lucy. I'm like, oh man, that's a really like A-list, like good looking dude. And I, you know how Lucy and Ethel like fawned over him. And then you come to find out everything about him is pretty interesting. Very, very crazy. Very look much looking forward to that. Some narrative okay. features. Oh, go ahead, JC. No, no, same because like my exposure to him, on, I don't think I've seen a movie that he's in. But the only exposure I have is I remember he was in that show Hollywood, like as a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really my only exposure. Then you was like, you kind of like I remember when we were watching it, you kind of told me a little bit more about him. So I'm very excited for this documentary just to him just and, to really learn more. If you get a chance, well, you, when you're not watching like, uh, '90s action movies like me now lately, <laughs> do uh. Do Rock Hudson, Rock Hudson and Doris Day like their collabs are phenomenal. Like oh, yeah. really, really yeah, funny. Okay, okay. Yeah, really funny stuff. Uh, the adults. That's something that's on my list. That's the Michael Sarah one, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the Blackening, which that I was shocked funny. it's coming to Tribeca. I thought it was just going to be like a general release, but they did the same thing with the Black Phone last year. They had it at Tribeca, and then they they released it a couple of weeks later. Uh, Blood for Dust. Did you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. Scoop McNary, baby. Yeah. Uh, Bucky fucking Dank. <laughs> so that's... I thought it was the directorial debut. So, so uh, Jack, this is di- directed by David Duchovny. Oh, oh, interesting. I oh, thought yeah, I, I thought it was his debut, but he's... Oh, no. I got corrected by somebody when I posted about it. 
because I forgot he did a movie called like House of D. I'm like, okay, relax. He's, he's like, that's not a known movie. That's like some guy, somebody came at me because what the hell? Like, <laughs> but like, oh, and the company is gonna make his directorial debut with an adaptation of his own novel, and he was like, oh, he did House of D. That's, I'm like, okay, relax. I'll fix the caption. Interesting premise too. So it's it's an he's a he's gonna play an aspiring novelist and Yankee State and peanut slinger. He discovers that his estranged Red Sox fanatic father is terminally ill. Wanting to mend fences and take care of the old man, Ted returns home with results as wild as unpredictable as a 1978 baseball season. I feel like this is like right up our alley. Sport, sports drama, I'm all in. Uh, cold copy, that's another one that seems very interesting regarding an ambitious journalism student's tactics to impress and get in the good graces of esteemed yet cutthroat news. Uh, first time female director. I just love the title. That's directed. That's the one that's by Jordan Peele's wife, right? Yeah, when I saw the title, I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. Uh, Eric LaRue. That's another one that's up. Uh, Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon's debut. Michael Shannon's directorial debut, Jack. Ooh, nice. um, I'm, I'm going to skip through some of these. This one, I, as a college student who almost pledged for a fraternity and married to someone that did pledge for a sorority and with a lot of close friends that pledged in fraternity. The line is like right at the, okay. the top of my list with Scoop McNary. So Jack, this explores the moral ambiguity of loyal tradition as seen through college sophomores in the throes of fraternity culture. Like this seems like I'm all in. Uh, oh, let yeah. me see. Stan Lee documentaries coming to Tribeca, which I'm excited for. Uh, Leroy is coming to Tribeca, which reminds me of, what's the movie, JC? Leroy. Well, uh, well, no. For me, it reminded me of this uh, Nicholas Cage movie called Red Rock West. I don't know if you've seen it. But you told it me. No, me. you've told me about it. That's why. Yeah, it was like basically Jack is like this guy gets confused for a hitman. Is but uh, you, have you seen First Cow? Uh, I have not. No. But okay, but the, he played um Sal in, in the many season new work. He gets confused for a serial killer. Oh, okay. I mean for for a hitman, and then the actual hitman comes comes into the town. And then it's like a cat and mouse chase because it's like it's like he he's like the people that hired him thinking he was the real killer are after him. So it's like a neo noir, which is mm. pretty much like Red Rock West, which is like Nicolas Cage was confused for Dennis Hopper's character. Sounds very much like a Hitchcock setup, definitely. Yeah, I can definitely see it. And then they have the midnight section, as always at Tribeca, the horror section. Uh, did they or didn't they show Basket Case last year? They did. They did show basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, they did. Um, there was one that you posted that I didn't have on my list, JC. Which one? That's going to hit the midnight section, I believe. With, um, oh my God, I can't remember her name. Was it The Sweet East? No, that's oh, for me. Yeah, I can. That's for me. I can. Yeah, then I can't remember. I can't. You posted one that I didn't have on my list. But yeah, Tribeca, I am very excited. I. And there's some stuff that's coming out finally this year. Somewhere in Queens is finally releasing, which uh, yeah, this week. I think you guys will really enjoy that. And the David Lynch documentary is finally coming in June, which I can't wait for you guys to see. Um, all right, cool. So that's everything. Let's get into what we watch. I'm going last. I have a lot. So, uh, <laughs> Jack, what do you got? All right. So I watched Evil Dead 2013. I watched Evil Dead Rise. We'll get into those later. Uh, 
I've rewatched Alien. Shout out to the rewatchables. Yes. Finally yeah. covering it on their podcast. Can I say something <laughs> about that before we start? Oh, boy. Nah, Bill Simmons is... I, I love BS. <laughs> My man's got a vendetta against cats, and I don't appreciate it. Okay. Oh, as a cat lover here. I, I mean, I gotta say, in terms of Jonesy, like, his whole point about, like, lo- like... He was like, I mean, what's the cat doing? Like, luring the humans to the alien? That's not true, though! That is far from the truth! Jonesy is their hero, man. Jonesy's a hero. You gotta think about it. Like, during that whole time, like, he was able to duck and avoid the the Xeno, and, you know? I mean... But I, I... I will say most of all, like, I mean, I, I will never truly not, I will never truly know, because, like, I don't think I'll be in that situation, but... I can't say for sure I'd go back for the animal, especially having... Jack, come on, man! Especially having seen it, like, fuck up my friends, and, like, like, she saw what it did to Parker and Lambert. Like, she saw the bodies. Like, I'm out of there. I'm going. Uh, But no, excellent as always. Mm. Uh, Ridley, I mean, Blade Runner and Alien are right there for, like, his best movie, but I think Alien is just, like, it's unreal. It'll never get old for me. Finally got around to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, I definitely get why some people have dogged on it. Uh, me, however, it's pretty it's much serious. It's, it's built right for me. I mean, I've been playing the Mario games for way more than half of my life. Uh, so I was able to eat up all the little references and all of that. Um, the voice cast was honestly fine. They're only like Fred Armisen. I was like disappointed by but and that's just because i watched him on snl and knew like how crazy he could get with voices and i just thought he kind of phoned it in but definitely in terms of illumination it's way way up on the the better half of things i'd say yeah Uh, i'm I'm not big on illumination to be honest with you yeah i'd like that that and despicable me one i think Mm -hmm. are probably my two favorites uh Watched more of The Sopranos. Uh, didn't get didn't, yeah. get didn't get too far this week just because I had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, currently in the middle of season three, right about to hit Pine Barrens, which I can't wait for. That's always so your first time watching, or are you rewatching? Rewatching for the first time oh. in a while. You're so, gonna like, have I to rewatch it, next it, year. It feels oh yeah, that that'll be fun. I, I, th- uh, I think it should be the three of us actually to do it. What for the, uh, uh, the Sopranos. Sopranos 25th anniversary next year? Uh, Bro, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't invite me to that podcast. I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> He's gonna take you out fishing with pussy. Uh, but and then the big two, we've missed. Uh, we we had a, we missed a week prior, uh, so we didn't get to talk about two about one of these. But first two episodes of Barry have dropped, and unfortunately, I still oh. can't talk about it. <laughs> Bill yeah, hate Bill. Bill hate. Have you seen it, Merck? And okay. I, was, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know we were getting two episodes, so I'm like, when, I was when so the happy. One ended, I'm like, fuck, we gotta wait till next week. And then, <laughs> and then I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, me and Jen were like, we're, okay, let's see what we're gonna watch next. I see, I see season four, episode two. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah you, the- you guys cook. I, I, I will say, I'll stand back here. Not too much, but excited to see where like is is going. Like it's gonna be very intriguing. And it was like it's the final season, so it's like, but I like what they're setting up, mm-hmm. and I. Like I won't spoil too much, but like the everything that's going on with Sarah Gardner, I can't remember her name right now off the top of my head. Sorry. Sally, yeah, yeah. But like, it's very interesting because it's like I'm not gonna spoil too much, Dave. But basically, it's like 
you, we saw that she had that she was kind of fucked just because everything that happened in the elevator. Now she has she's basically known as okay, you were dating a serial killer. How did you know? So that's like the angle they're going with her for this season is. I'm like so intrigued to see where they go with that. Does she still suck? Because I hate yeah. her. Yeah, I can't stand oh, yeah. her. Mate, big time. I, I I I'm a fan of her. Not like over the moon. You're but kind. Like, You're a kind man. I I I, I she. She's been through a lot. Like uh, our boy, our boy Barry's in jail, and she's just running the world but free. Hate her, no, hate her, man. Her, you meet her parents, so you kind of see you. Yeah, her parents. You're gonna enjoy it. when you when you see the mom, you be like, I kind of understand why this girl's like this. Like her mom is yeah. a bitch. Mm-hmm. A buddy of uh, mine, a buddy of mine, a uh, critic friend of mine. He saw the first seven already. Uh, I didn't ask for lucky. it. Um, yeah. He, unfortunately for him, he has to wait. Now seven weeks because HBO is yeah, not this... HBO is not sending the finale for Succession sure. or the finale for. I mean, understandable. They can't, they can't avoid anything to Ma- make to it an event. Spoil. Not to me- not to mention both happening literally within hours of each other the same night. Like oh, that... they end the same night. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 literally yeah. my Super Bowl. Like Dis- Disney did the same thing. Um, they didn't send me Mandalorian either the finale, mm. and I'll talk about that because yeah, I don't know why they did. But but yeah, go ahead. But, haters in his bag this season like he's i i hope he at least can win like i hope he wins something at this emmys it was really upset i i I get why he lost uh i get why he lost actor last year to sedakis uh at least it was nice that it was an snl uh snl SNL for most of his run Mm -hmm. but uh it was upset I, i was really sad he didn't win director for the uh, the episode highway chase six. episode, yep. yeah, it was unreal. But I remember I was hyping that shit up for Dave because he because that was, that's when he started getting you his and Barry. You back. and Jack were like about that episode, and I'm like, oh man, that is <laughs> so like, good. But the final thing, don't get into detail yet. We'll get into detail. Yes, the final thing I watched this week: two episodes of Succession. Hold that one. Well, that one. Yeah, would, like, I, I have a lot uh, to absolutely. say too. Right. <laughs> JC, what do you got? All right, let me see. I'm just gonna keep it a little light because I'm like, I'm like Dave. I could run, I could run with like, what like 40 movies too. Um, watched, we watched the whole Evil Dead franchise pretty much like the past week. Love it. We're gonna get into that. Um, I watched Eric and Gigolo, which is funny. Me and Dave saw it for the first, the the same. Well, I mean, I saw it for like the fifth time, but Dave saw it the same day as me, and I, we didn't even realize till the morning. Yeah, I know. Love it. Great soundtrack. Freaking Richard Gere. I mean, I'm not, man, but as hot as like, dude was smooth as fuck in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's. Um, saw Taxi Driver. It was Jenny's first time. I had no idea. And I'm like, I've been with the woman for six years, and I had no idea. I'm like, <laughs> she said that. I was like, hold up, what? Did she like it? HBO Max? Oh, she loved it. Great. But she had she didn't really know much. So, like, when she saw, like, Jodie Foster being a prostitute, I, like, oh, I had to tell her, oh, yeah, that was a very controversial role, you know, because her age and all that stuff. Do great. I got posted in my letterbox review. I'm like, if you give this movie less than five stars, I don't know. 4.5 on my because there are certain things that haven't aged that good. So I understand. Um, saw Born the Fourth of July, which like same like David, like we're both in the same boat. We think that he should have won Best Actor. Like we love DBL just as much as any cinephile, but he had many other chances to still get his third Oscar. Like Tom Cruise is still looking for that first win. Um, Even Jenny, when she saw it, because she saw it with me for the first time during the Oscar season. I, I mean, I, 
I had her see it. She thought that she actually asked me right after, did he win the Oscar? And I'm like, no, that's DDL's first. And that movie fucking sucks, man. Well, I like my last one, but it's like, yeah, but like, but like, Border Patrol last is way better movie than the performance is just better because it's like, yeah, he has to do the whole wheelchair aspect, but there's a lot of stuff like being like pro, Mm. like anti, not there, given how how passionate he was about the war at the beginning of the movie. Um, saw David's favorite comedy, Step Brothers. Which sucks. is for the listeners the joke he hates. Really? I fucking hate oh. that. Oh. I, I hate it, so man. I absolutely like loathe. It's not Skinnamarink hate, but that movie I can't stand. I find it you so think, you unfunny. Don't think, you don't think you'll is, ever is that, is like that, it? That's what? I haven't seen it, so I've seen it twice. I saw it in two thousand eight in the theaters, and I was with two of my uh oh these guys used to be on the pod, Lewis and then uh, my buddy Serge, we went to see it and they were dying and I'm sitting there like, yeah. why am I not yeah. laughing? Like, I do not find this funny. And then I saw it again when I started dating Jen because Jen likes it and I, I still... Say give I, it another tra- I, say, I say give it one more try. If you don't like it on like your third one... I, then I, it's I, a lost cause. I, I, yeah. like, yeah. I, 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 I would never bring it up ever again in our, in our, in our lifetime. I gave deep but, faith to, to Will Ferrell because I love Anchorman so much. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah Anchorman's like... great. Yeah, Step Brothers with my age group, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of, the like, what it is for, like, the ages prior. But that's, like, our definitive comedy where, like, there's so many lines that people just quote in, like, normal conversations. Like, I'm not sure what that would be, like, what that would have been like for you guys. Like, what movie that was, like, back in your, like, high probably, school. Probably, probably, like, either it has uh, to be. For you to be different. Probably, like, a ge- yeah, probably for I mean, for my generation, I was, I'll probably say the it has to be probably like Happy Gilmore or Anchorman. Like yeah. it was like Step Brothers and Mean Girls. I think those were the two that like for my generation. I think for me, it's probably Clueless. Okay, because yeah, of, yeah, my, of my age range. Mm-hmm. And then um, I saw my favorite Bill Murray comedy, which I'm surprised David has never seen it because he loves Bill Murray. But what about Bob? Ah. Uh, Man, that movie just cracks me up, and then and the fact that Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray hated each other in real life, like, and they both been vocal about it, like how they how they they got on each other's nerves, and especially Bill Murray to Richard Dreyfuss because of the the whole point of the character, it makes that movie so much great. Because like you could, I feel like Richard Dreyfuss was notorious notorious for being an actual asshole in real life. Like it just it just makes the performance better. Then um from new releases, I saw The Covenant, which. I was surprised how good it was because that's such an on Guy Ritchie movie. But I know David doesn't like Guy Ritchie. So like when I saw the positive reviews, I'm like, I'm not even gonna bother. But the army, like, mo- the army movie. Yeah, I was. Like, would I even like it? I think you would like it because it's, it's not. It's, it's very unlike him. And then like it's actually good performances, a lot of good action. Like it has none of his like British wit. So I think you'll like it. But when it had like an eighty percent, I was gonna send it to you. But I'm like, David, I'm like, oh, eighty percent. That's cute for a Guy Ritchie movie. That I'm is. Like, that's like that's like a ninety-five I, for me for Guy Ritchie. No, that's that's his highest. That's his highest rated movie because before that it was snatched for seventy-five. I'm taking um, off on Wednesday to just a mental day, and I'm doing like a day at the movie, so I may add that I'm doing Chevalier no, right can, now. Okay. Oh, I can't. I actually want to see that, but I couldn't get. It was so ugly out yesterday. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't want. I don't feel like going to Sixty-Sixth Street. And then lastly, yesterday I saw Ghosted, which, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it as, as some people in our circles. I've seen some people in our circles go like 1.5. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go 1.5. That's like freaking Fat, fat Four Stick level bad. 
it was an okay movie. Like me and Dave were on the same in the same realm. Like it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was it just with, with Chris Evans and Anna De Armas. It could have been better, but it's passable. I I, I won't see it again, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I'm never watching it again. But it's, <laughs> it it did the job yeah. for like I knew it was in trouble when my screener hit Thursday. <laughs> exactly, the movie was coming out the next day. Like, yeah, those are never good. All right, the I'm cameos gonna, are fun. I'm gonna try to run through these as quick as possible because I have a lot. <laughs> but since JC's on, there's a lot of stuff that he'll probably have a comment on because I hadn't seen before. All right, so some of these first time watches, I saw Copycat for the first time. Uh, the Sigourney Weaver solid. movie, solid movie. Hate the ending. Uh, <laughs> Hoodlum, I hated it. I, I, that that hurt me. Like, yeah, I, I didn't like Hoodlum at all. I, I was like, I thought I thought about these three because I know you're you're not that on those type of movies. This one's for this one. I know you like JC, and I know uh, Jack. I high and I know JC will co-sign to highly recommend this. No Way Out with Kevin Costner and Gene Hackman. Oh fuck yeah! That movie is so damn good, Jack. And there's a twist as Jenny and Harley appear. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that movie is so damn good, Jack. It's insanely good. And there's you said a, no way out. No way out. Yeah, it's HBO. Um, I finally saw U.S. Marshals. I never saw it because it got bad. It's fun. I had a great time with U.S. Marshals. I mean, it's, not, it's not like The Fugitive, but I saw a solid movie. Waterworld for the first time. That movie sucks. That movie's trash. <laughs> that movie is sucks. It's absolute garbage. I thought it was as bad as they say. Yes, I think it is. I yeah, thought it was I, fine. I hated it. I was so <laughs> bored. So I can't believe someone gave Kevin Costner money to make that movie. That movie. Sucks. Did you see the the director's cut or the, or the theater? Whatever's movie? on HBO. Or Peacock, one of the one of those streaming yeah. services had it. Yeah, because it was like three hours. I think you saw the director's cut because the theater version was like two twenty or something like that. Uh, I saw Runaway Jury. Hadn't seen it in a while. I like that movie. Uh, I gotta say that again. Mister Nanny, shout out to oh. yeah. <laughs> um, the Burbs, solid. Wait, the Burbs but or the, the Burbs? The Burbs. I would. Okay, okay, oh, I, okay. I, I was, was like either the top. I was like like the top Tom, movie or the Hitchcock. Um, Bubba Hotep for the first time. That shit is, bro. Bruce Campbell. I don't know what the fuck he is on in that movie. He is on That's some shit. Insane movie. Do you know what it's about, Jack? I know it's like it, like I know it's like an Elvis like it's he's like, like an Elvis, Elvis impersonator. Okay, okay. But he thinks he yeah, starts to believe he thinks he's, he Elvis. thinks he's Elvis. Okay. It's pretty wild. Um, uh, Legend of Billy Jean. Love it. Fuck yeah. Uh. I could skip some of these. Oh, the fan, uh, man. Tony Scott. Every movie of his looks the same. Just wanted to add that. Even a baseball especially movie, in the ni- especially especially the nineties. He was in that like shaky cam stuff and all that. Shout out to our boy Tyler. I I rewatched Don't Don't Tell uh, uh Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, and our boy Tyler texted me. He's like, "Oh my god, that's a real title. I thought it was just a myth." <laughs> Poker punishment. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I saw the Italian job for the first time, the original. Um, oh, really good stuff. I, Did you like the part where they confirmed information with the, with each other? Yes, that which was is delightful. like half, which is like half of the movie. I gotta say, listen, I'm not really big on Mark Wahlberg. I like the remake better than this. Okay, okay. No, yeah, the, the the remake is more fun, but but I, it's like it's like Michael Caine is so badass in that movie. Yeah, his yeah, suit. Like, that's what I was telling like, Jack. His suits are fucking. The last like twenty five of the movies, like really good. Like uh, that's did you know how the, what it, did you know how it ended? 
Yeah, with the with the they, you don't know if they did got you, out. Man, so yeah, did you knew about it before going in? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, no, no, because that's always like one of like some like when I see lists of like buzz endings, that's always there. So I was like, I knew about that ending before I ever saw it because of that. Yeah, it was it was it was good. I mean, it was good. Not not as great as it's like I was hyped it up. To be uh, saw the new Power Ranger special. I liked it. It was what it was. I don't know. What I still these, gotta watch it. I don't understand what these little rings are about. They're Power Rangers of the fucking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I don't know what yeah, the fuck like, people like, expected. Like, seeing, like, like fucking that's all about the acting. I'm like, bro, did you remember the ninety the the nineties thing? Like, Jack, help me out here. Did, did they have Oscar worthy acting? I don't think Jack the ever saw the Mighty series? Morphin Power. Ranger. He was too young for that. Oh, one, you never seen it? I think that was past his generation. No, I was, was, I, I was I was never a Power Rangers kid. Actually, I I knew of them obviously, but I never like watched the show. But you know that the acting is not Oscar worthy. So I'm like me oh, and yeah. me and Dave have seen people <laughs> in our circle talk about oh, oh the acting is horrible. It's crazy. I'm like, bro, it's a fucking Power Rangers thing. What the hell yeah. you? Doing? I, don't know. I really don't know what. Yeah. Right? I don't know what people expected, man. Well, like, <laughs> that's part of it. If it would have if they would have acted serious, I would have like, come on, no, you, you need to give me goofy, cringy acting. That's I needed. I needed the cringe. I was <laughs> just, the line delivery, wild, Jack, bro. is so bad. It's so bad. Um, whatever. What else? Internal affairs for the first time. Jack knows this. I yes. did, I deduct scores on bad hair. What Andy Garcia was doing with his hair in this movie, I need an explanation. This is Wait. the same year that Andy Garcia had The Godfather. I don't Wait, know. What, what movie? Internal Affairs okay. with Richard the, Gere. And oh, I thought you were talking about the. Uh, I was going to say, isn't that also the name of the movie that like The Departed Infernal, is based on? Infernal Affairs. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, what the heck? Like, Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah, this is, the Internal Affairs is good. Like, really, really good. I really liked it. Because Biesa and Chris Ryan have been teasing it that they might be doing it this year. So, like, you got to watch it. You can listen to every watch of this episode. Me, me, me and Dave are ready. Yeah, I'm ready. You're going to like it a lot. When you uh, let me see what else. Uh, City by the Sea, I haven't seen since, like, 2000, whenever it came out. I, eh. <laughs> I saw it. I was, it was surprised. I saw it too because Jenny hadn't seen it. I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. I it's remember. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bobby's hair choice was a question. I didn't really like his right. hair choice in that movie. Uh, let me see. He's trying to be Pacino in Carlito's way with that hair. I am not. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on Carlito's way. Our boy Helmer freaking hurt my heart. Uh, with that I yelled at him playing basketball yesterday for his blasphemous take on Puerto Rican like, Al Pacino. I was going to bring it up to you, but I saw you was only people five. Like, okay. I'm like, okay. David doesn't love it like me, but. No, I'm 3.5. Five. five. What what Al Pacino take? Carlitos. Oh, he didn't like uh Carlitos way. Carlitos way. Yeah, I, it's like ten, I think, on my list. But like, it's I it's my ten too. It's, it's my ten. Yeah, it's better yeah. than it's better than, than Helmer's two point five. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Helmer. <laughs> like, oh my god. I'm like Puerto Rican Al Pacino is always a delight. <laughs> like, it's just Benny fantastic. From the Bronx. Um, let me see, and to finish up. Uh, I disappoint JC. I saw Ronin. It was okay. I think that I think on a yeah. rewatch that'll go up. That was a four AM screening, so that was probably yeah. What surprise three? I was like three point five at least. I know you wouldn't go four like me, but I was like three point five at the very least. American Gigolo, uh, amazing. Fuck yeah. Absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, Sanctuary comes out at the end of May. I can't wait can't for wait you for guys now. to see it. Loved it. Uh. Saw so Ghosted, kind of agree with everything JC said. I saw The Vanishing yesterday for the first time. That movie sucks. The remake or the original? Uh, the remake. I didn't like it at all. Oh, Have you yeah, seen the original? No. no. The, the, the original oh. is sick. But uh, yeah, the remake, I'm with you. It's, just, it's like, 
Jeff Bridges acting is a choice in that movie. I'll say that much. Yeah, uh, Joe Bob <laughs> Joe Bob Briggs came back yes uh, this week, so I saw it for the first time The Beyond from F- Lucio Fallucci, which was okay. Yeah, that, that, that's been on my watch. And then fucking Zombie from I have no idea Oh. Oh, so good! It's so oh, no, wait, good. Wait, 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 reaction, you, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It stars Mia Farrell's sister. What what year I, was it released? Nineteen seventy nine. There oh, oh there are a lot of movies just titled and, Zombie. And the oh. best part about Zombie is this is the he, the quick backstory. It's called Zombie here in the states. Yeah. The original release was actually called Zombie Two. And they labeled it as in Italy as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Okay, no, Letterboxd has it as zombie flesh eaters. Yep. Okay. <laughs> the zombie design in this movie is pretty insane. And then to finish up before we get into succession, um, I decided to watch after Bo was afraid, which I loved, I decided to oh, God. deal oh. on the complaints of people's like this movie's so inaccessible. I'm like, bro, oh my bro, have you ever watched David Lynch? So I decided to watch David Lynch, and I've rewatched all of. <laughs> I've rewatched season one and two of Twin Peaks, and then I saw a couple of his movies: uh, Blue Velvet, still a masterpiece; Mulholland Drive, still a masterpiece; Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me is uh, it's it's my number. Ooh. It's in my number two, three now, all time for him now. For him, um, everything about that movie works for me. Uh, Lost Highway is—I feel like a prelude to Mulholland Drive. I didn't love it at first because JC didn't like it too much, so he kind of prepped me for it. And then when I saw it the first time, I was like at three point five, and then I saw it this time, and it really, really grew on me. And our boy Sean Fennessy is at four and a half stars on Lost Highway. Oh, he's, 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 he's a huge he's on that. He made a whole—he made a whole episode. Um. The Elephant Man is probably would be Jack's favorite David Lynch movie, not to name Twin Which Peaks. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you you raised your score because yeah. when you first watched it, you disappointed me because I hyped it up for him. Yeah, it's, I think it's, when I got three, I'm like, no. John Hurt would have won the Oscar if it wasn't for Robert De Niro. Yeah, right that's a that, that's a tough that's a tough release for them yeah, that both. Movie, I'm like, I'm like, they, could, they couldn't tie that year. Like, I felt so bad because I loved it. There was my favorite actor, but I'm like, John Hurt is who, who won like, actor in '81. That was um, the Reds' year. I don't remember. If mm. came, but I think John Hurt would have won. I don't think it was an all-timer because we would have probably remembered. Oh, yeah. I know I know. Ben Kingsley I'm was, look was real quick, 82. I'm like, I'm like, I'm usually good at this. Like, Dave always asks me, like, JC, who won this year? I'm like, I'm drawing a blank on that year. Uh, and then to while JC's looking, uh, I saw Inland Empire for the first time since I... I, rate, I need I, to rewatch it. It's... Everything people talk about Bo's a fr- I'm glad this movie didn't come out during social media age because I think people <laughs> this movie, Jack, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind I, of like I, I just know the rabbits. Like that's all oh. I know and I'm, that's like kind of all I need. The rabbits are two the rabbits only have two scenes. The beginning and end. So the like something happens to Laura Dern with the sorry about that noise. Laura Dern walks into a room where the rabbits are. That's kind of like a crazy scene but all the ideas that you see in twin peaks in 2017 he got from inland empire i think a lot of the return is in inland empire and laura Dern's like amazing uh and twin peaks did you you find out yeah it was that was the on golden pond here that's why oh right right right, yeah that was the harry fonda yeah that can go 
Yeah, yeah. Should have given it to him for 12 Angry Men. Yes, yes, yes. I will agree with you there. Uh, and then Twin Peaks is a masterpiece. It's jumped up into my top four favorite shows of all time. I'm like obs- so happy. I'm obsessed with like everything. I think it's my four too. It, it's it's never going to crack the top three because of the three shows that are on that list. But it just like it surpassed Breaking Bad. Not in, I think Breaking Bad is an incredible show, but for me, the rewatchability. I'd rewatch those top four shows. Over Breaking Bad at this point, yeah. Um, Chris, but the thing with Breaking Lucy Bad for, and, and the Office, right? and the Office, yeah, yeah, those are my top three. Uh, it's, and, it's just the back half of season two that I think that really like. If season two was collectively awesome, I think it it probably would have a stronger case. But I, I'm the same. My top three is like blocks the first day. Or you watched them? Did he skip those episodes or you watched? Them? I, I was talking to Jack about it. I. I got. I think ten. I think the way I'm going to do it now is season okay. one, obviously. Season two, one through ten. Ten actually is not bad because it's kind of Dale's like last day before he ends up staying in Twin Peaks. Um, I tried eleven. I, I'm done. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> what was eleven again? Where like Nadine gets her cheerleader outfit and like okay, oh, and the whole angle, the, oh. the whole the whole soap opera shit with with. with with James, James when he goes yeah. to that town, oh, yeah, like I, I used to skip like four to twenty, and then go back to where um Heather Graham start comes back I, comes to town. I also tried Miss Twin Peaks, <laughs> and I didn't even like it either. I really think oh, for, I, I could watch that because it sets up the finale. Yeah, the fin- I you can watch the last ten minutes when they when when, when, when they rocks, yeah when they kidnap her and then do the finale and then rock out after that. Uh, yeah, and then good transition on an all timers because uh. We have Succession, who, uh, in my personal opinion, episode three is one of the greatest television episodes of all time. Massive spoiler alert for anyone listening who is not caught up on the show. Yeah, massive, massive. Like, super massive. Now, uh, you have been warned. Uh, I mean, I think it's probably been spoiled for them, no offense. Like... (laughs) I, I know people who still don't know. Like, I, I have a friend who's watching wow. it right now, and she literally has no clue uh, well, what's coming. God bless her. But now that we've given the warning, fellas, we have witnessed the death of Logan Roy. Yes, we have. That, and I did not expect it that soon into the <laughs> final season. And I actually and, think it couldn't have been done any better. And, and what I further didn't expect was the other huge plot development we now know who the next ceo is those i did not expect i it makes sense obviously but for those two to just come like back to back now i'm just like what's gonna come on like each sunday going forward like i i they already like pretty much filled my expectations for what the season would have like in its first four episodes so now (laughs) i just have six of where i'm like what the hell is gonna happen yeah i think it does a good job of taking away the like the pomps and circumstances of Logan's death and just has it as an event, like mm-hmm. in, behind a wedding, um, and just focusing on the kids' like realization of what's going on. Really, really was like perfection. That thirty minute sequence, whole thirty minute sequence is just it's, it's unreal. It's, the, the- it's Emmy reels upon Emmy reels, and that whole thirty minutes. Probably feel bad for Better Call Saul final season. Yeah, I, I I already had a feeling it wasn't gonna have a shot, but now for forget it. Like Jeremy, I was holding. I thought I was, I was holding hope for Bob Odenkirk until this week. Actually, no, I was gonna say Jeremy Strong. I mean, 
the heel those turn. Two, those two episodes, I mean, like the last scene and this most recent episode, I mean, that's like, like that's a Kendall we haven't seen in a while. And just like his return, contrast that with like how the, the episode opened with him, like in mourning, like, yeah, I I think he's coming back around. But I'm excited. Uh, do we do we still think Brian Cox is in lead or do we think he nah. maybe yields? What, what, since he's nah, only they, they, they can't, they do, can't do lead. Three yeah. episodes. It has to be supporting or even guest star, honestly. Yeah. I, I was going to say, because he's got like two two episodes in like two minutes. And, <laughs> and he's going to, if he does guess, he's losing to one of the Last of Us boys. So it's not, yeah, yeah I don't think it's. No, they, they probably won't do guest because they'll be like, oh, he's part of the main cast. I would just say like, it was really only supporting in that. Like, I, if I, they put him lead, it's like, no, come on. I do think Nicholas Braun gets edged out of supporting. I hope Alan Ruck finally can get in because him continuing to not get any love at these award shows is very he's like the only one right at least a nomination is what i hope because i think kieran is taking supporting oh yeah i I hope he wins because he him and connor's wedding was on all all the kids in connor's wedding i i i hope all three of them can pull it off kendall's line delivery to um to shiv in this last episode maybe my favorite line in the entire series do you know what I'm talking about, JC? Yeah. When she's, it, it, he's it, like, it, sure as fucking hell doesn't say Shiv. Oh my god, that was like savage. Any thoughts? Dude, the enemies are going to be a bloodbath for honestly. And I do think I, I was talking to the I was talking to Helmer and and Jack about this. I think in the end, Shiv goes back to politics, and that's how she gets her victory. Because I think last week was her lowest of lows business side of things and personal she lost her dad she doesn't know what's going to happen with her marriage especially with the news and she basically got screwed over by her brothers so i think in the end we see kind of shiv start rising a little bit more i I mean at the given moment like i mean they're the three of them are all working together uh granted kendall kind of went off on his own at the end there and made his own call, but I mean, if they're able to like stay in the mix and like actually work with each other, then I think things will go well, but do I think that's what's going to happen? Probably no. not. Cause we still have five more episodes. Of this. And shout five. out to, shout out to Frank and Carl two elite Frank and Carl episodes <laughs> this past week. Um, anything else? Nope. That's everything. All right. I said, we're going to run through this quick. It's been 46 minutes. Wonderful. Uh, so let's jump into the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, quite possibly the most consistent horror franchise in the last 40 years. Uh, I don't think there is a bad entry in the entire series, which says a lot. Uh, it's also one of the only horror series that's been able to adapt to a television show successfully, uh, despite it being canceled. Uh-huh. I think this and Chucky are the perfect examples of how to transition from film to television and do it really really well uh we're gonna go film by film let's start with 1983's technically 1981 but then officially released in the united states which i did not know yeah so there's two release dates uh october 15 1981 but the official release is april 15 1983 it also it also played at con uh, out of competition in 82. So that's also where it got some boost. 
So if, if we do the con draft, I'm not sure if we're allowing out of competition, but I mean, Evil Dead is an option. <laughs> um, the budget to this movie was $375,000, and it grows 2.7. What I saw on Wikipedia was 2.7 or $29.4 million. I don't know if that includes every other re-release, but I'm going to go with a 2.7. Even so, insane what they what they made off this small budget. Essentially, it was a student film. Uh, so I guess we can start with the Evil Dead's overall thoughts. Jack, I'll kick it off with you. I mean, this alongside with uh, rewatching Alien for like the first time in like seven years at that time was, I think, really what like kind of kicked off my horror revival. So we have those two movies to thank pretty much for me wanting to be on Chop Talk and getting more into horror. But I mean, it's like the o it's like the OG Cabin in the Woods movie. Uh, like there were horror movies prior that were about like, you know, like people going out into like the country and like running into like some serious stuff like obviously texas chainsaw even like something like deliverance i mean i think that definitely had like an impact on just kind of that whole idea but no i think it's um i think if we were to make the mount rushmore of indie horror i think halloween and evil dead are definitely up there considering just like how much they were able to do with so little and just kind of the whole idea of it being like a movie that's essentially made by like college kids, just like going out into like the forest and just filming and just getting to like watch them improve at the craft as the movie goes on. And like, you know, you have like two dudes running through a forest with a camera like taped to a two by four and it just like looks awesome. And I mean, it just like really laid the groundwork for the whole franchise. And I think it's still, a really, really effective watch years later. JC. Um, no, yeah, I to me is one of the most important horror movies of all time. Like Jack said, like definitely the Mount Rushmore for like indie horror movies that were made for like under a million dollars. It's pretty much a college film and like me and the, all three of us were big on practical effects, so just like you could see the hunger that set that's why like whenever he got like the bigger budget on Evil Dead too, like he got more creative, but like, is that I've always loved indies when they're like, like this of this to this level because like you see the hunger in a filmmaker how they'll stretch their budget and just everything they did with the stop motion, mm-hmm. it's like it's incredible. Just like, like people you see like okay, it's the eighties, so you know it's a low budget, but when you know how when you find out how little the money was that they had and they had to stretch everything working on weekends, it's just an incredible stuff and. It's pretty much laid the groundwork for me for like cabin set horror films. Like, you don't get Cabin in the Woods, you don't get Cabin Fever without this movie. Like this, like when you could basically usher a style of horror movie, like you know you you're pretty much a groundbreaking film. So like without Evil Dead, we don't get cabin set horror movies to the level we have. Yeah, I'm with you, and I, we're gonna cover this on Chop Talk in really deep detail at the end of the year. So I'm not gonna do too much. Uh, thing too much coverage on it here but kind of i agree with both of you guys i actually didn't watch this till after spider-man because <laughs> that's kind of when i discovered i was 14 15 i just discovered rainy because of that and i kind of dived into so that was your uh, first that was your first rainy mm-hmm. period ever yeah okay uh but i like with you guys i was pretty engrossed by like the claustrophobic nature of just like that cabin setting 
I think that really helped the effectiveness of the horror aspect. Practical effects, like JC mentioned, we're all big fans of it. And I thought this is, with the budget that they had, I think this is just immaculate practical effects. It It's um what I think JC will know this comparison and, and you'll know the other one, Jack. So this is kind of like what Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, the mariachi to Desperado. Oh, and then sure. like the T1 to T2, like T1, what Cameron did on that, I barely, not even $10 million budget or something like that. What he did with T1. Oh, that was even, a, <laughs> yeah, that was like the thousands as well, I think. It was, hold on, let me give you the exact number. Oh, no, 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 it's like 4.5 million. The Terminator is one second. It is a budget of 6 million. And he did okay, all that yeah, on $6 yeah, million. So, those are the two examples that came to mind when you when you do on a minimal budget. It's pretty damn yeah. in, insane how Raimi was able to pull some of this off. Uh, some of the background on the movie. Uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell grew up together and have been friends to the end as seen in Spider-Man. I mean Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He's a papa. <laughs> um, <laughs> they had worked on several low budget super eight millimeter films several were comedies including clockwork and it's murder jc you watch everything have you seen that you sorry say it again say it. uh they're two, the, the two yeah clockwork and it's murder no yeah so i always wanted to because i'm like because they're on youtube but it's like like i could watch certain movies on like some certain like short movies on youtube but the the quality in these are like really really too grainy, but I I think they, they should have they ever released them in a, in a box set or something? Because no. like, I know you have. My guess is yeah, that they if they, should, they should add it. if they do that, they'll release the short film that Evil Dead was um, within the woods, right? Within the woods, which cost oh, okay. sixteen hundred dollars. Um, and then the film's release was met with controversy. We when Raimi had made the, made the film as gruesome as possible. And had no fear of censorship. So I believe, like, we'll dive more into it at Chop Talk in December, but there was an, a big issue with the rating there. This one may not make Jack happy. Uh, writer Bruce Bruce Cowan described The Evil Dead as one of the most notorious splatter films of its day and compared it to Cannibal Holocaust. Interesting. Any thoughts there, Jack? I mean, like, I I guess I can see where the general comparison would come from, but, I mean, just in terms of, like, the production and stuff, like, it, Cannibal Holocaust definitely sounds more like a, like a bad production, especially in terms of, like, the ongoing stuff of, like, what happened and all of that, but I don't know, that seems, like, not the best of taste. <laughs> I knew I, I, as soon as I was doing my notes and I saw that, I'm like, yeah, Jack's not gonna Jack's not gonna be too good of a fan on that. Uh, <laughs> all right, what is if you have one? I know we're gonna get into more like these rankings later, but do you have a favorite just moment in this movie that you comes off the top of the head? I mean, not to sound graphic, but the tree rape is just it's just such a memorable and ballsy thing to do in nineteen. I mean, they filmed it probably like nineteen eighty, but it was like. If I would have, if I would have been an actor, I would have seen it in the piece. I'm like, are you sure we're gonna be able to get away with this? Because yeah, that's just pretty graphic. Like even like watching it now, man, that shit is yeah. It's like yeah. 
like you kind of like yeah you okay the trees right there but like once you see like the thing going into the middle like you kind of know exactly what's gonna happen like, oh mm-hmm. they're going for this so I, I mean that's what always pops up to me when i come think about this movie so it's just it's the most memorable image in the franchise they're still doing stuff like that as we saw in the in the in the newest one mm-hmm. uh which is pretty graphic jack pretty do you dope. have anything off the top of the head um Hmm. I mean, that obviously, I think that's like in the very short list of like all time, like classic horror kills. Like, I think that's on like the Chrissy tier. I think that's on the chestburster tier. Um, oh, aside from that, I, I'll save more of that for other later. stuff for later. Yeah, all but right. I, I, I do really like Ash in the Basement. Just like that, what, like him going after Scotty in the basement. And I just, it's very interesting, like you mentioned Ash. Like, Ash is not Ash in this movie. He plays... No, yeah. I, he's this, more this of a damsel. He he plays, like, the damsel in distress for the most part yeah. in this movie. It, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely, like, the weakest showing of Ash. But, like you said, like, it's it's just because we haven't gotten to, like, the Ash that, like, we know and love. He's like the just, cocaine like, Ash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fighting with his own hand. I oh, can't wait to talk about that. Uh, the if I had to talk about a moment, I, I'll, I'm going to save it for later. But I'll I'll prelude it by saying Cheryl in the cellar. Uh, oh yeah, Chef's kiss on that. Um, <laughs> some fun facts about Evil Dead. I'm going to save the rest for podcast later. But I've had a few here. The cabin used as the film set was also lodging uh, the 13 crew members. With several people sleeping in the same room, living conditions were terrible, and the crew frequently argued. The cabin didn't have plumbing, so the actors went days without showering and fell ill frequently in the freezing weather. By the end of production, they were burning furniture just to stay warm. Splendid. Uh, (laughs) Number two, the original script called for all the characters to be smoking weed when they were first listening to the tape. The actors decided to try this for real, and the entire scene had to be later reshot due to their uncontrollable behavior. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's never I, a man, smart thing to do I, I, I don't think I've ever wanted a deleted scene more than that right it's it like, sounds it's hilarious like the, it's like the scene of them like driving to the cabin yes yes well, well, that, well that alone I mean like I don't, I'm not sure if it was a thing but like he already got like a DUI on production so that's pretty funny uh, but yeah man I, I would love to see to have seen that and uh, I think that I think that was also the case for other scenes too. Like they did like a lot of it kind of early on when they were all just like drugged out of their mind, and they ended up reshooting stuff. Oh wow! Uh, this one, I this one shows kind of the friendship between Ramey and Campbell. Bruce Campbell put up his family's property in northern Michigan as collateral, so Ramey could have enough funds to finish the movie. I think I think that that worked out. Uh, I, this is not something that. I would have liked. I one thing I appreciate from all these Evil Dead movies is that they don't disrespect us with runtimes. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, always all, all runs so smooth. Uh, the first cut of the movie was 117 minutes, and Bruce yeah, that have worked. Bruce Campbell called it an impressive achievement in light of the 65 minute length of the screenplay. It was then edited. <laughs> 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 it was then edited down to a more marketable 85 minutes. The original version was conceived as a horror drama with the occasional joke, uh, which ultimately in the sequel turned into something else. And finally, Joel Cohen was the assistant editor on the film. Did you know that, Jack? I knew JC did. I was going to say, yeah, weren't like, wasn't 
Was it like Raimi roommates with like the Coens and like and McDormand, McDormand and, and Kathy and Bates, Holly, yeah, Holly, yeah, and Holly Hunter, yeah, the, like the six of them were like. I guess crazy to hear those stories. Like when you hear like Robert Duvall, Dustin Hoffman, and Gene Hagman were roommates too. Yeah, Henry Henry Fonda, James Stewart were roommates back in college. Yeah, they actually. Uh, this was one of his earliest professional jobs. Him and Ethan would produce and make. Uh, Blood Simple three years after the release of this, which I love Blood Simple. I, I I think people don't like that movie nowadays. I think I love Blood Simple. I think it's I think very it's, good. I think it's kind of like an underrated gem. Yeah, like it's man. Kind of, it's kind of becoming like an after hours. Like people are like, oh, that's man. a good, like, that's go, a good one. Go, that's go a good comparison. Because I I've spoken to people and they're like, oh, I don't really like. It's one of their worst. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fucking Bye-bye. great. Um, and yeah, that's. All the notes I have here, because we're going to dive more into it later in the year. Let's move on to, I think, something we will dive into. Uh, Evo Dead 2. Uh, or Did you say something we won't dive into? Deep in December. It'll be... Oh, well, we, we have more years ahead of us of Top Talk. So that is true. Never, oh, you're right. You're right. Never you're, say never. Say never. You're right. You're about to tell us that you're the year. Like, you know how much more... This one was released on March 13, 1987, with a budget of $3.5 million and a box office of $5.9 million. Um, I guess I will kick it off with my first thoughts this time around. Like, very few directors get to redo their first movie <laughs> <laughs> with a yeah. bigger budget. Um, I think it takes every little thing that works in the first one and increases the scope and budget and effects, and I think this is not just a horror comedy classic. I can't think of a better horror comedy movie. This, I, I, I we're gonna talk rankings later. I, there may have been a change in my top entry. After, That's what I like to hear after this Finally. time around. Um, Let's go. <laughs> I think this is Bruce's best performance as Ash. One hundred percent. The. This is going to be in my moment stuff later on, but Ash's hand versus Ash is fucking hilarious. And not going to talk more on that. Um, I, I did write in my notes, thoughts on this watch. Jack must have ate up every single moment of stop motion animation in this oh, movie. I, that, that's, one of, that's one of my very first few notes. I was like, stop. I literally had written out like stop motion equals insanity and i will say like i wish i was in the theater when i first saw that ending because i I would have been like what the fuck is going <laughs> on um but yeah those are my first thoughts uh i'll start jc here what are your first thoughts on the movie um no it seemed like you like it's ballsy that for i guess he thought he needed to do that because the second movie crime wave was such a failure that he needed oh, to go back to the well hold the crime wave thoughts i have thoughts i have comments on mm-hmm. On that, no problem. So I, like I, it was ballsy, but I felt like it was it was need it was important for him because you're like, okay, my second movie didn't bomb, so let me go back to what worked the first time. So like I'm glad you know, like like we we're talking about it. Like you have a bigger budget, you still have that hunger, so like you're able to be more creative. When 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 creative people get more money, mm-hmm. they usually always create something special. So like you said, like I think is it's not my favorite horror comedy. That's still frightening, but I do think this is the best one. Is like. The perfect blend of horror and comedy, like you get your, you get your laughs, your Marx Brothers style comedy from from Bruce Campbell, and then 
you get the horror stuff, like with the stop motion animation, which I learned this week that it was Ted Raimi that was under the whole Henrietta. Uh, yeah. No, Henrietta I knew it was on the other creature, the one that like, comes with the head. That was like Ted Raimi or something. Oh, something. wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was like pretty cool. And yeah, it's it the best horror comedy. It's, the, it's a perfect blend. And it's like Ash and the, the Shed is elite comedy stuff. Some of the best. Some of the best thing in 80s horror. And the. Like you, that final shot, I would have ended the fact that we had to wait like five years for it to see what 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 happened from it. I would have been like, "Hello, I need to see more." Like, he time travel to the to the past. But yeah, it was great stuff. My favorite in the franchise. Just just that's why. Jack. I mean, like I watched Evil Dead Two without knowing um, without knowing what it really was. So I, yeah, I went into this movie and already, I mean, I'm like, wait, what? Like they're going back to the cabin? Like this girl named Carol, like he's got the same Netflix or necklace. I was like, what's going on? Uh, But eventually I just kind of like tossed that out the window and just became so enamored. I'm going to talk about it later, but like the first section of this movie is absolutely unreal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's like six like scenes that just tie together that are just jaw droppingly like hilarious and off the walls and there's one scene in the forest that I'll, I'll talk about it later but that was when I knew I was like all right this is gonna be a good ass movie uh but the rest of it uh is it's just incredible I mean it's where the franchise really found its footing and like really found its identity being more of like a horror comedy because like Evil Dead One, I I mean that like really works great as just like a just pure out horror. But I mean the most memorable moments for me like mostly are those in which it like balances horror and comedy. So like we've talked about like Ash fighting his hand, uh, some of his line deliveries and just his overall physical comedy I think just really really work. Uh, and I've got to say one of the worst snubs for best makeup in terms of a nomination. It was only, like, seven years old, and, like, horror movies weren't too present in that category early on. Uh, American American Werewolf in London, I believe, was actually the first winner um, of the category. But, yeah, not seeing it there was definitely really sad. But, yeah, I don't no, think they were is, ever going to touch this. And, and Sight and Sound, this, you might have had this in your notes, David. They actually listed this as the 34th funniest movie ever made. That's hilarious. I like that. I like that's, that. that's a valid ranking. <laughs> um, so production-wise, so the concept of the sequel was discussed during location shooting on the first film. Uh, Urban Shapiro, the film's publicist, pushed Raimi to devise a premise for such a uh, film. Working with screenwriter Sheldon Ledich, Remy settled on a story in which Ash was sucked through a time portal to the Middle Ages. So this idea of Army of Darkness was around for a very, very long time. Um, Shapiro was enticed by the concept and the original title was Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness. In May 1984, Universal Pictures and 20th Century Fox passed on it, so the sequel was shelved for Raimi's next film, which JC hinted on before, Crime Wave. I had never heard of Crime Wave, so I looked up Crime Wave. I do not want to see Crime Wave. Oh, you gotta see it, Dave. It's, it's something. It's, it looks terrible. You're a completist. You have- <laughs> yeah. That's not terrible. It's, like it's like 85 minutes. 
I can't believe it was written by the Coens. That's like the worst, the most insane things. Like it looks so bad. Well, I think you'll have fun. I can see you going two point five or three. You're, 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 you're. You know, you know how to enjoy. These yeah, I do. I do absolutely. You, you, you might, you might surprise yourself. So I do want to ask. Don't not look at this up because I, I looked this up and I was shocked. Maybe JC already knows it. I'm gonna ask Jack. What was the box office total of Crime Wave? Oh, I don't know, but I don't know what the money. Thirty nine thousand. All right, what do you got, J- JC? Twenty thousand. It's either going to be that, or it's going to be like eight million. So the movie cost no, no. two point five million dollars to make. I okay. I didn't believe this at all. I. <laughs> well, remember, the total. The total gross of this movie was. Five thousand one hundred one dollars. Wow. <laughs> what what happened? Was it was it just like was the distribution like fucked or something? Like, I mean, it was... was released by Embassy Films Associate and distributed by Columbia, so it's not like they no, didn't they... have like a good distribution. No, no, it's it's very crazy. It's like the the filming was very bad, like mm-hmm. a lot of editing stuff. But like, have you ever seen Midnight Express, Jack? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. You've seen it, Dave, right? Yes, yes. Great. You movie. remember the guard, the, the the evil guard from the movie? I uh, do. The, the, by... the, 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 the fat dude. Yeah. Like, he's in it, and his character is a voiceover because they didn't like his voice, and it's like, it's so noticeable. Like, like the words aren't mad. dubbing. Oh, they, so they dubbed yeah. him, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a lot of, it was a lot of production issues. Like, I think Raimi has said how it was like one of his worst filmmaking experiences. It was a lot of just that, like, I, he had a lot of ideas. It was one of those movies where it's like they shot a lot, they cut a lot. So which is like it was like it was I'm pretty sure that the studio just dumped it. It was yeah. one of those situations which is like a lot of it was the production hell. He wasn't given a lot of creative freedom to you know, like that's the also the bad thing about when a indie filmmaker jumps to a to a studio and gets a big budget. Sometimes you have to compromise your vision and like and like you you don't have as much freedom as you do with a thousand dollar indie so that was pretty much the issue with that movie yeah yeah pretty much because of that campbell Ramey pretty took they decided they needed to go back to what worked yeah. because their their careers are pretty much going to be screwed uh around this time dino de Laurentiis, uh fame in the horror community especially in the <laughs> 1980s uh owner of De Laurentiis Entertainment Group, asked Raimi if he would be interested in directing an adaptation to Stephen King's novel, Thinner. What a, what a what a movie. Movie. Yep, hey, I'm glad you said it. Oh, that, movie, that movie has such an interesting premise. Yeah, Jack, interesting-ass premise. That movie is absolute garbage. Um, pretty much, Raimi turned down the offer, but De Laurentiis remained in touch with him after... Uh, after the thinner adaptation was part of a deal between De Laurentiis and King to produce several adaptations of successful horror movies, King spoke highly of Raimi, which led to their relationship forming. Uh, yeah, so pretty much after that, we got Evil Dead 2, and the success of that spawned a movie that JC and I adore in 1990, led to Darkman, and I... Have you seen Darkman, Jack? No, but I have heard about that one too. That's a that's like a is that a superhero movie? An original superhero movie. That's, yeah, yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah. That was his, that's what he did when he couldn't get Batman. Yep, <clears throat> he created his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Uh, Award wise, 
this movie was nominated for Best Horror Film at the Saturns, Best Special Effects, uh, Best... What, what won that year? Let Maybe, me, I've, we've had this conversation before. We're we did dark? I got I hope not. Did she win uh, the director? What years was this? 1987. 87. So, all right, so the winners of this... One second. Oh, uh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I think this is... <laughs> Uh, no, this is not the right year. I apologize. Wait, Evil Dead came out in 87, so this is for 87, so it would have been like the 88 one. Okay, so Best Science Fiction Film went to RoboCop. Understandable. Best Horror Film went to The Lost Boys, not Evil Dead Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, we've had that conversation on Chop Talk. Yeah, Uh, that was a good year for it, too. Lost Boys, Evil Dead 2. Best Director went to Paul Verhoeven for RoboCop. That movie's badass. I'm looking for. Was Campbell an actor? He has to be. Uh, Actor. He was not nominated. So the nominee. So Jack Nicholson won for Witches of Eastwick. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Batman. Pretty dope. That's a that's a fun win. That's a fun win. Michael Nury for The Hidden. Oh fuck yeah! You know you Comic know how Glockman, that movie. Comic Lockman, baby. Uh, Terry yeah. O'Quinn for the stepfather. That's a that's a good performance. Yeah, that's yeah, a good movie. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for Predator. Yeah. Uh, Peter Weller for RoboCop, and then the last that's nominee cool. is a movie I I don't like. Uh, Lance Henriksen for Pumpkinhead. And so I, Jack, I guess near near dark helped him out because he was in that too the same year. So you're so, so Jack to answer your question, makeup and special effects both went to RoboCop. Mm. Visual, uh, VFX, sure. Makeup, that's a yeah, that's a bit more of a discussion, I think. Uh, but the VFX win for RoboCop, that 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 definitely makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably when they submitted it, they probably submitted the sequence with uh, that villain that gets like the acid thrown on him yeah yeah. i probably took that home um all right so evil dead 2 favorite best moment do you or you want to save it i'm just gonna say batshit crazy opening we'll talk about the rest later jack do you do you agree (laughs) i'm just gonna sit on it because i have a lot to talk about when we get to the rankings (laughs) all right cool all right some evil dead 2 facts before we move on to i think most interesting conversation we'll have uh, Rosebud, the supposed film com- production company, was not a real institution. Dino De Laurentiis was forbidden to release an unrated movie through his own company, so Rosebud was created specifically for the purposes of releasing Evil Dead Two. Uh, Sam Raimi actually came up with that when you that whole Rosebud design at the beginning of the movie. That was all Sam Raimi. Uh, so, like I mentioned before, Sam Raimi's original idea was to take it to the Middle Ages. Uh, at one one hour, seven minutes, and five seconds, Ash first uttered <clears throat> Groovy, and it became the signature of that. Uh, a glove belonging to Freddy Krueger can be seen hanging above the door in the tool shed when Ash carves his girlfriend's head with a chainsaw. Ironically, this is not the first time that you've seen an item from these horror franchises in another movie. In 1993, the Necronomicon is seen in Jason Goes to Hell and used in Jason Goes to Hell. 
want to rewatch that because I have to. Ash that. Williams versus Jason Voorhees. That actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. That comic, actually, right? that is a comic, but it was also yeah. a planned movie that they just couldn't get to work. I would have actually been very interested in seeing something like that. The comedy chops between Robert Englund and and Bruce Campbell, I think, would have been really, really solid. Um, let me see what else do I have here. Uh, Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert's original idea for the film's plot after the Middle Ages did not work was to for Ash to be held captive in the cabin by a group of escaped convicts searching for buried treasure. Bobby Dead's Joe was originally planned for a man and would have been much more violent with him being split in half by a tree. Do you know that one of the actors in Evil Dead 2 had a successful career on QVC selling merchandise no who uh the blonde oh yeah yeah uh and finally um there are theories and i saved this for last because we've all agreed what we feel about this movie there are theories out there that this is actually not a remake but a true sequel there i before i even get to their reasoning do you even think that's a possibility jack well, I honestly just have a hard time of designating like what this movie is. Uh, like, yeah, like there's the remake aspect because like there's a lot of similarities early on, and it doesn't really like go back to the first movie. Like, Ash never really acknowledges that like he had been to the cabin before. At least we right. assume. So, like, I've I've never been like I've only just called it a sequel because you know like it's the second movie in the franchise, yeah. but I don't see it in the same way as like. The Empire Strikes Back, where like the events, like you know, directly carry over. All right, uh, JC. No, it's the same way. Like, it's like I feel exactly like Jagger. Like when I was watching it with Jenny, she was like, "Why the hell is he going back to the cabin?" I was like, "Um, this is kind of like a remake of the first, but with a bigger budget." Like, she was even surprised too. Like, so I'm like, "I'm with Jagger." Like, they never acknowledged that he had been there before. When he when he when he finally when he saw the Never Comic Con, it's like he didn't act like he knew it. So it's like. But I'm very curious to see what how your explanation of how uh, it's a I I don't fully agree when I, I'm going to get to it now, but I get yeah. it. So uh, further evidence is that this is a sequel is based on the fact that the original screenplay of the first one uh, of the sequel called for footage from the first entry with a narrative recapping the current story, which is how Evil Dead 2 began. Uh, therefore, introductory material with, with relevance to the second story was remade uh, and plot differences were added because rights to the footage of the original movie could not be attained. Along with that, so we all know how the movie Evil Dead ends with pretty much the Force possessing. So the sequel part of Evil Dead 2 begins from where the evil Force possesses Ash for the first time at which the original movie had ended on its cliffhanger. And that's the theory of this actually being a sequel, not a remake. Jack, go ahead. I mean, it's valid. Uh, that's actually, like, that is where the first movie ends. And it's also funny because, like, that is one of my favorite little moments in the entire series. movie. Because we, ne- we never, uh, series, yeah, because we never get to actually, like, the movie ends, or the first movie ends with it just, like, going up to Ash. We never get to see, like, what actually yeah. follows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that definitely, uh, that helps kind of reassure me that it's still like a sequel and not just like a pure flat out remake that has like no desire for continuation. All right. Moving on to 
this would be a good conversation. Army of Darkness. Uh, uh, go ahead, Jack. I'll start with you here. The movie that literally carries over. Uh, yeah, I. this one I actually did know more of what it was going into it. Because like Dave, I didn't see Army of Darkness like immediately with like the other two movies. Like I saw Evil Dead. There was a few months that I saw two. And then I only saw Army of Darkness for the first time this past year. Yeah, um, it definitely leans more into action, uh, more so than horror like the other two. But there's still like some creepy moments, no doubt. But I think in terms of Bruce Campbell, this is... I, I Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, performance-wise with him, I think they're both like right there. I think this is probably... Evil Dead 2 was his him at his best when it came to physical comedy. I think this is where, like, his comedic chops, like, really, really come to shine. Because he, he's got some incredible line readings throughout the entire movie. Um, I'm going to say, at first, I was a little... The, the medieval setting took a little bit to win me over, but after a certain scene that involves a pit, mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, yeah, I'm sold. Like, just give me the rest of it. Uh... <laughs> and then the ending of it all, I also just think like that whole thing just made me laugh because it's like, man, like to what extent are these movies like actually true? Is like has this whole thing literally just him been like talking to this coworker about like like just like the most random shit? And he's just like, dude, we got stuff to do. Like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I thought the finale of this movie on this sec because I've only this is only the second time I had ever seen Army of Darkness. Man, it just hits with the comedy. Of the mm-hmm. fact that just like he's so arrogant that he's just talk. I mean, it's an arrogance and just a lol of it all that he's just like talking like any one like if anyone would care, and two right. like if anyone would believe him. Uh, mm-hmm. JC, go ahead. No, I'm I'm same as as uh, like you like I when I rewatched it this yeah this week it was only the second time is it's a fun one but like. Is the one I like to revisit the least because it's just there's there's not much horror to it, just straight up comical. It's still a fun movie, I still like it, but it's it's not yeah. It has it's definitely I feel like this kind of says up a lot of what we see in the show because yeah, this one has this one this one shows them very being very action heavy, being a badass. So I like I like what it, it laid the groundwork for what we got to see and the hints of of the time travel that we saw later in the show. I don't yeah. have much thoughts about it. Like, it's my least favorite. But it's still a fun one. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, I I should... I should... I feel like at the beginning, when I first saw it, I should have been more open to it with, like, how I love, like, horror franchises transitioning to try something new. But, like, the idea of, like, turning a true horror film to a horror mm-hmm. comedy to now a swords and sandals horror comedy was just like mm-hmm. it, i thought it was insane of a big swing um i've come to really appreciate it even on this uh on this recent rewatch i feel like it's kind of like the perfect transition from where he ends up going with spider-man cuz you kind of see a lot of the personal interactions here similar you see some similar interactions with spider-man um it's not a perfect movie i think Raimi, like Jack said, it's Raimi's pretty damn great in this movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I when we do our rankings, you'll see it on the lower end. But like I said, it's still a very good movie. I there's nothing under four for me in this entire franchise, so I I love it. Uh, some 
pre-production notes on on Army of Darkness. So plans to make it third Evil Dead movie have been circulating for years, even prior to the production of Darkman. But once Darkman became a a nice little hit, it became a thing that happened. The original title for this movie was something I wish wish happened. Do you guys know what the original title of this movie was? No. Jack, you don't know, right? Evil Dead 3, Swords and Sandals. Medieval Dead. <laughs> what was it? Medieval Dead. Medieval Dead. Oh, that... that, that, that mm, like, I would have thought... For, for, for the perfect. Of, for the sake of mm-hmm. uniformity, mm-hmm. perfect. Like, but, I... I, mean, oh, I was... I mean, I was so, 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 so upset when I learned that was the original title. Oh, Not yeah. the original. Did they, did they say why they changed it? It was the working title for the project. Then they changed it oh, to... So- then they changed it to Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness, and then they just dropped the Evil Dead 3. Uh, I think it came from Irvin Shapiro to just drop the Evil Dead and just stick with Army of Darkness. I guess because of the differences so much. Um, Raimi invited Scott Spiegel to co-write Army of Darkness because he did a good job on the second one, but he was busy on rewrites for a Clint Eastwood movie. Any guesses on what that Clint Eastwood movie was? Uh, Unforgiven? Unforgiven? No. Given the time frame. The Rookie. Oh. But that came on 1990. This came on like, shit. I mean, I guess they, they must have been working on this for a Early, long time. Yeah. 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 Well, remember, Darkman came out in 90, and once after that, it's kind of when they got started on it. Uh, no, 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 I'm saying because the, the Rookie came on 1990, like, because 1992, that's why, that's why I thought Unforgiven because of the time frame. So they've been working on this for a while. Um, Universal had took over production. And that led to this movie, a lot of cuts were made for another reason I'll mention in a bit. But that's basically the reason this movie is 75 minutes before credits. And I think that helped. If this movie was an hour and 40 minutes, I think I'd probably hate it, to be honest with you. But this is the one that should have probably been because of the scope. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I would say, like, I mean, there's not, like... It's not like I think there were a ton of like character moments that like we needed. So like there's only like so much I think they could really add that like wouldn't try my patience at least. Mm. But had this one been more like the longest of the three, I would have understood and probably been fine with it. I guess you're right. Uh, the there was reshoots done to the ending because of the original original ending I'll get to in a second. Um Raimi needed three million dollars, but Universal did not want to give him the money. Due to its release, uh, delay and this thus delayed its release due to a dispute with De Laurentiis over the rights to the Hannibal Lecter character as well, which Universal needed so they could film a sequel to Silence of the Lambs. The matter was finally resolved, and the release date was pushed back from summer of '92 to February '93, which totaled um, ended up being released on February 19, 1993. Any guesses on the box office here? What total or or overall? Overall. Uh, I know they always talk about that being a bomb. So I'm what was what was the budget 18? again? Eleven million. Yeah, I'd say like like fifteen twenty range. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight eight eighteen million. Jack is the closest. Twenty one point five on the eleven million oh, okay. budget. Um, it did win the Saturn Award for best horror film. 92, what were... Uh... 93, 93. Oh, 93. Uh, it was nominated 92. for Best Makeup, 
it also was nominated for the grand prize at the Avoria's Fantastic Film Festival. It won the Golden Raven at the Brussels International Fantasy Film Festival. It also was won Van Damme the, the head of the of the council. <laughs> the, the muscles from Brussels, baby. Uh, the film won the Critics Award at Fantasporto, and it was nominated for the International <laughs> Film Fantasy Award as Best Film of '93. Uh, and it was also nominated for Best Film at Stigus, the Spanish International Film Festival. So, looking at these movies, this is the most awarded movie of the franchise. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where were all these like? festivals when the first two came along <laughs> but, that, but that shows how popular how 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 big horror was in the 80s mm-hmm. i will say this in the is, early 90s it was in a, a lot like, of people really love army of darkness like oh, I'm, I'm a, we're gonna get shit for our ranking yeah i think so too maybe <laughs> jack and like middle ground this year uh the some quick facts before we move on the original draft didn't go into medieval times the second half of the movie so the first half was actually a big budget recap of both evil dead one and two but we also get more dive into ash's personal life such as him in college and working at the s mart uh the rate the wrote the script that way because they didn't think universal would fund a sequel to a low budget indie film and they said plan to make it a standalone partial remake but were excited when the greenlit straightforward evil dead sequel and decided to scrap the first part originally um, all three Evil Deads can be simul- seamlessly cut together into one film, which, in my opinion, if if I did the math on time, it probably equals the total length of Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Bring it on! I'll take it. I think actually it'll probably still be shorter. I yeah, if you think about it, yeah. Remember, like you you can mix a lot of stuff from Evil Dead One and Two together because it's kind of pretty much the same movie. Plus, you cut the credits out of. The first, the second, and third one just have the credits at the opening and ending. Yeah, I think you could easily turn this to three hours and like ten minutes or something like that. <laughs> um, Sam Raimi, like I mentioned, originally wanted to call call the movie the Medieval Dead and fucking Irving Shapiro. So, yeah, I'm, I'm now that's such a great title. Yeah, man, that, that made away. me sad. <laughs> um, so the reason the movie was all cut is because, and I understand why Sam Raimi was upset here. He wanted a PG-13 movie to increase scope on box office, but this, right. they would not greenlit a rated R movie. I think this movie is tame as fuck compared to the first two. Okay. It's still rated R, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, they, they probably could have like not done a ton of too many different things and gotten it down to the PG-13, I think. But Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is more for JC because he knows, I think he knows this person. Bill Mosley played the Deadite yep. Captain. Bill Mosley is also a big like horror, cult horror icon. He's also in the Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead remake from 1990, which is actually Underrated. very Underrated. good, Jack. I know Romero's is a classic, but this is actually really good. Um, he also plays TCM. Chop Uh What is it? It's Top was a Top Hat? Something like that? Like, and I can't remember the character's name in Texas Chainsaw 2. Like Top Hat? Something like that? No, it's something else. That's it? No, but he's, those... he has some of the most icon- iconic moments in the movie. Chop Top. I don't know why I, I drew okay, like there, like, I mean, but he, basically he has a metal plate in his head, Jack. In this whole movie, he he walks around with a hanger and just keeps scratching his metal plate in his head. Oh, I thought Jack had seen it. You haven't well, seen well, T- well, 
What movie? Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. No, I. That's like the one big horror franchise that I'm like yet to get to like any of the other parts. That of. is sen- so TCM Two essentially does what Evil Dead Two does. It turned okay. it transitions to a horror comedy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it, that's a bit of a better sell then. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Dennis, Dennis Hopper, Hopper is, is the man. Dennis Hopper mm-hmm. is on whatever he had, whatever cocaine he did on Blue Velvet. Just he kept same it, stuff. He same stuff. I don't know oh, what boy. the fuck he is doing in this movie. <laughs> it's pretty odd there. Yeah, it's good. I I, I enjoy TCM two a lot, and he's also in the how do we call it? The Corpses trilogy, the Devil's Rejects um, trilogy. He considered the Firefly trilogy. Yeah, he's of last name. He's really good. He's and, the best part of those movies. Yeah, absolutely agree. He's really good in that stuff. And then finally, the original ending of of Army of Darkness is Ash attempts to return to his original time, causing him to end up in a post-apocalyptic England that was deemed too depressing by test audiences, which led to the shooting of a new heroic ending. Jack, or any approvals on the... Ah, I, I like I like the original ending as is, or I like the current ending as is. Uh, gives a lot of good line readings from Ash, specifically the final line in the movie, which... Yes. Every single person on Letterboxd quotes when they're writing the review. Yeah, like, I, so. I, I agree. Um, all right, cool. So this, I think you're going to bow out here, but hopefully JC and I can convince you on the next one. So approximately 30 years after the first three Evil Dead films were finished, we Are got... like it? He hasn't seen Ash vs. Evil Dead. I'm going straight oh, to the so show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wanted, I, to, I, I wanted to keep the continuity of, like, Ash before we get to the Okay, okay gotcha. Um... So, 30 years after the events of Evil Dead, we got a series titled Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, takes place 30 years, like I mentioned. Ash Williams works at Value Stop as a simple stock boy. Yes, as an old man, he's just a stock boy, Jack. Um, <laughs> he works with Pablo and Kelly. Ash has seemingly done very little with his life since returning from... 1300 AD at the end of Army of Darkness. And in order to complete a one night stand, he brings out the Necronomicon. <laughs> and that brings the evil back, Jack. That's how we get into the story. Splendid. Um, Splendid. <laughs> um, so, the form of Viagra. Yep. So, pretty much like the pilot, I saw the pilot at New York Comic Con in 2015 and Oh, that's dope. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi directed the pilot, Jack. Um, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, Sam Raimi was there. Bruce Campbell was there. The whole cast was there. I I kind of really... It's essentially, if you can cut out Army of Darkness, it's a sequel to Evil Dead 2. It's a straight up... The blood in this show is bananas. The kills in this show is insane. Um, I do think it has the best supporting class uh, cast out of any of the, the entries. And we'll get to them a little later. But yeah, uh, JC, thoughts on the show? No, like, I'm glad that we you invited me to, this, to the thing. Because, like, I had seen season one when it aired. But I just never, since I didn't have stars, I just never went back for the last two seasons. So, like, the fact that it was on Netflix and I was like, okay, we like oh, JC, want to be honest, talk about the whole franchise. I was like, okay, it gives me a chance to, like, finish the season, the, the two seasons. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was it's like I said, like the fact that you were able to see thirty episodes with with Pablo and Kelly, like they, they obviously made them the best supporting cast. We got to see, uh, we got to we got, we got to learn a lot about like Ash's past, like 
and basically how you know like he pretty much became a pariah in his hometown because he was saying like, oh he would like basically the nickname that he has on the show is actually slashy because he's you know how i mean you come from a, from a, like a town like that probably like that it was like but like everybody knows everybody and stuff like that so it's like in this town is like he became known as the guy that went to the cabin with his friends and became and went and became crazy and killed his sister and his friends. So it's like mm. it's like in like in those small towns, like when you have that type of stuff, like your reputation and just everybody knows who you are. Right, right. Interesting. And then it was just fun because like the like like they said like it's so gory and like the signature of the show is like it always has like a cold opening where it's like when a kill comes and the blood splashes and then you get the show title. Like it's always a cool mm. thing to Cause like you never know exactly when it's gonna happen, so it's like it's pretty cool. Like, and I and love, I, I, I love the theme. The like, when the splatters start. So Campbell, so Campbell is very involved in the show. Oh, he's the lead. He's oh okay. Oh yeah, he's like you don't ever gotta like. There's sometimes like certain like Pablo and Kelly get like our episodes where they dominate more than Ash, but. You learn to love the characters a lot that you, that you don't mind. Like, like they're very well written and stuff like that since you get to spend so much that you don't mind if if you don't see Ash for, like, 10 minutes and is Because they both get a lot of, like, especially Pablo, he... Like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's like, there's a lot of stuff with him and the book that, that's mm. very interesting that I, I like when, like, his episodes kind of dominate. Yeah, I'm with you, because I... While Ash is pretty th- the main character, I, I think Kelly and Pablo, like, when they're even when they're alone, I'm all in. I absolutely love those two. Uh, pretty much like one of the things that I wanted to add regarding the each, each season it ends like a series finale because they weren't sure if they were going to get greenlit. So even though it got canceled after three seasons, it does have a definitive a definitive season ending. two. Season two ending was so good. Like I wouldn't like to, for that had to be the, the final one. Like, when I you get so with too. that, you'll you'll see you'll be like, yeah, that, that if, if this should have been the season three finale. Like it was, it's such a good finale that would have been perfect for his story. Yeah, they changed showrunners after season two too, which is. Why season three was a little? I thought season three was the weakest, but I yeah, think it was still like, good. I'm not done, but 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 I could see it, especially with the inclusion of a certain character who, mm. like, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I was like, I was like, this is what we're going with. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree. Uh, so pretty much, the series first started life as two competing ideas for a fourth Evil Dead film. Uh, Raimi Brothers did not want to get, uh, did not know how to get funding for the film, so it was rewritten as a a television show. The first season, uh, because of legal issues with Universal, they were not allowed to mention the events of Army of Darkness. It wasn't until the second season where they were actually allowed to fix to, to mention it after legal issues were were done. Uh, it was announced on April 20th, 2018, that the show had been canceled after three seasons. Uh, the show's ratings pretty much dropped substantially. Uh, and then this fucking stars. Yeah, and it sucks because Kelly and Kelly and Pablo. I, I I'll get to her when we talk about characters because she's certainly on my list. But I just love the dynamic between those two, especially Kelly. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's finish up with the remake real quick, and then the, the Evil Dead Rise. So, remake seventeen million dollar budget, gross ninety seven million dollars. So uh, probably gonna get a sequel. Released at South by Southwest on March eighth, two thousand thirteen. 13, then released on April 5th, 2013. Uh, I'll kick it off with my overall thoughts. Uh, JC knows the dead zone of horror remakes in the 2000s. Very well. I, I, I can't fathom a worse time as a horror fan than 2000 to 2010, 11. It was 
It was pretty. Be glad you were young, Jack, and during those moments. Those are some rough times to go to yeah. the movie theaters. <laughs> I think that... I think JC will agree with this. The rock bottom for the horror genre came in 2012 with the release of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Oh, my God. <laughs> Leatherface... When Leatherface teams up with his cousin, <laughs> and there's a line literally where she's like, "Go get him, cuz." <laughs> I, I I gotta send you that link after this, just so you can see that scene, Jack. I I I knew we hit rock bottom. It, it it's it was just fucking terrible. Um, but then this movie came out, and I think it's possibly. In that era of 2000 to 2013 of the remakes, I think it's the best one. I can't think of a better one. It's in, it's, it's in the top three for me with uh, Chainsaw and The Hills Have Eyes. But besides, I've seen this I've seen this more than The Hills Have Eyes, but I really like The Hills Have Eyes remake. Those are the top three from that whole, like, 2003 to 2012, uh, 2013 of, of those horror remakes. To me, those are the three that I would say are legit good ones and this is supposed to just guilty pleasures and this is it after this one the horror remake pretty much like became a we transitioned to the elevated horror era and uh and then the legacy sequels and then the legacy reboots yeah Yeah. so this is pretty much it like i i I walked in thinking does like the lack of bruce campbell her and i don't think it does i think it distinguishes i think while it distinguishes the remake from simply being copy and paste. We can still go back to the cabin. I think Jane Le- Levy is is a yeah. really damn good uh, leading lady, I guess, or hero. I think she's put through the ringer <laughs> through the entire movie. Yeah. Um, couple of extra notes. Did not like the dog getting killed. Not not a fan of that. Uh, Never kill a dog. <laughs> Fetty not just living off the CGI really helped this movie a lot because during this era you could have seen him just like CGI, CGI, CGI. Yeah. Um, I dug the ideas of how he got to the cabin, more of a rehab type of thing where yeah. she's fighting not just demons on the outside but her own inner demons. I thought that was a really yeah. good duality to it. Um, and the chainsaw finale is absolute perfection, and I want to talk about it later. I absolutely love that whole sequence. Uh, Jack, thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm with you completely. It's one of the better horror remakes I've seen. Uh, If we had to make a scale that's like, I don't know, like The Thing and Psycho 98, uh, it definitely is much... (laughs) Not not Psycho 98? uh, It's definitely much higher on The Thing side of things. Uh, Definitely an emphasis on remake rather than like, you know, just like, building off and doing a carbon copy because there's definitely a lot of its own ideas and it's definitely much more i think this is much more of like its own thing rather than like evil dead rise i think is still like its own thing but i think that also kind of like i think that's a bit better at like you know going back to like homaging the original movies more but this is definitely its own thing um i like you mentioned i love the whole um I love the whole hot, the the whole concept of um, a recovering addict and just making that like kind of the focal point and like you said, having to deal with both. It really sets up for an easy time getting to relate to her. Um, 
And it definitely makes the movie like much more like personal and emotional, which I think is like the one, like the really the only thing that like the first three movies didn't really have. Like there weren't many like, like we weren't like emotionally connected to like Ash in a way. Well, like we work because we we love Ash, but like it there it was never like something bad happened to Ash that made us like feel for him. Uh, but no, definitely. Like you said, after that whole era of bad horror remakes, I'm glad that they were able to end it on a net positive. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, So the idea originally for this was to be a loose continuation of Army of Darkness. Uh, Campbell confirmed that we'd actually star as an older, but not wiser Ash. At WonderCon, Campbell Campbell and Fetty uh, stated that their ultimate plan was for Alvarez, Evil Dead 2, and Raimi's Army of Darkness 2 to be followed by a seventh, which would merge both narratives of Ash and Mia. So, in turn, confirming that this is more not just a remake, but a soft reboot of the series. I mean, mean, remember, Ash Ash appears in the the post-credits, and that's why I've always had Mm -hmm. a hard time saying is this a remake? Is this a sequel? Like it's the same thing with with the with Evil Dead Two. Like obviously the Evil Dead Two is a little different, but like with this one, I'm like, I always, I mean, I call it a remake, but then I'm like, it's kind of a reboot as well because Bruce Campbell does appear in the post credit scene, so it's kind of, I'm like, it's clearly set in the same world. So as always, when I call it a remake, I'm like, remake, but it's like shit. It's also a reboot and like yeah. kind of a sequel. Um, yeah, I mean, this is all I have on. Production-wise, it's actually had a couple of... Outside of Army of Darkness, it has a lot of accolades. It won Best Makeup and Special Effects at the Fright Meter Awards. It was nominated for a shit ton of awards. It won at the International Film Music Critics Award. It won Best Original Score uh, and Film Music Composition of the Year. At the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, it won Best Makeup VFX. Yes, I, I, I saved here. Uh, some fun facts on the movie... 95% of the remake was shot in chronological order. This was done because a lot of the film takes place in a controlled environment and the level of blood and violence gets worse as the film progresses. So for cleanliness, they felt like it was proper to do it that way. According to the reports, the film used 70,000 gallons of fake blood. Yeah, I was going to ask you how, how much <laughs> that ending especially. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Although he has a background in CGI, Fetty chose to go with practical effects and for the film visuals to tribute Sam Raimi. Uh, before they moved to make Ash vs. Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, Tappert, and Campbell confirmed that this film is set in the same continuity as mentioned before. Uh, originally, Bruce Campbell did not really want the movie to be right, so this idea kind of came to, to fruition. Uh, Jillian Jacobs auditioned for the role of Mia, but lost to Lily Collins, who was originally supposed to play Mia. Uh, Collins later dropped out and then was replaced for Jane Levy. Lily Collins in this role, JC. Uh, no. Not even? Like, she she has a very, like, I've never seen her go this dark, so I don't know, like, I mean, Emily in Paris, freaking rules don't apply. I don't know, like, I mean, I would have definitely in probably, I mean, I'm a I'm a community guy, so I would have liked Jillian Jacobs in it. Yeah, same here. Especially since that was during the sh- the run of the show. I mean, her I could see because she's goes. She's I've seen her like do a lot of dark roles, and it would have been something different to for her to do at the time. But Lily Collins not, but I'm glad we ended up with Jane 
Levy, which, which then we also got Don't Breathe because of the partnership she got with Fanny. Yep. So if, if mm. she hadn't been in this movie, who knows how that movie would have turned out. The film answers one of the most long-debated questions of the original trilogy as to whether or not Evil Dead is a remake. When Eric attempts to destroy the book, he realizes the book doesn't burn. If this film follows the same continuity logic as the original, it would mean that when Ash burns the original Necronomicon, he did not destroy it. He merely thought he did. So, yeah, there's that. And then finally, we get to the final movie on our discussion today. Evil Dead Rise was just released this weekend. Um, some quick, like, of how we got here following the cancellation of Ash vs. Evil Dead in April of 2019, uh, in April 2019, that November, speaking in the future of Evil Dead, Alvarez announced that there are just ideas right now, nothing to officially announce. We do have a script for Don't Breathe 2. Uh, that didn't turn out too great. Uh, <laughs> but we don't have a script for Evil Dead 2. Uh, eventually, things switched over. Leah Cronin was brought in. And we would uh, get what we get with Evil Dead Rise. Uh, there is an Ash. Uh, there is a Bruce Campbell cameo in this movie. I'm not sure if you guys noticed where it was. I, 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 I found it before. I found it before I went in because I was like, I, I I need to know if I need to be on the lookout. And yeah. If if I didn't know, I would have completely missed it. One hundred percent. So some quick thoughts, but some quick notes before. Uh, before we get to our thoughts, the film was originally supposed to come out on HBO Max, but test screenings helped this movie get released, and it's going to open at $23 million, so a very solid opening for, for oh. the movie. Uh, we talked about the blood. This movie used 1,720 gallons of blood. Uh, makes, checks out, as Jack would say. Uh, yeah, definitely. Shot in chronological order, similar yeah. to Evil Dead 2013. The pizza place is called Henrietta's, a reference to Henrietta <laughs> from Evil Dead 2. I didn't catch that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, no, I didn't catch it either. I've read about it when I was doing some research for my for my review. Um, Bruce Campbell cameo. In the first of the three records Danny plays, Bruce can be heard saying, destroy it. It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason. <laughs> so Leo Cronin suggested Campbell could be playing Ash again in the recording as the series has multiple instances of Ash going back in time and encountering the Necronomicon. So it kind of makes sense that that would be a very nice little cameo. Uh, the Deadites make a few references to the previous films. Uh, they say the, they say everyone will be dead by dawn, and Ellie tells right. Beth, I shall swallow your soul. And in homage to previous entries in the Evil Dead franchise, Ellie is possessed in the elevator, and that restrains her violently by wrapping electrical wires sick. around her arms, legs, and neck in manner similar to the tree uh, that restrains Cheryl, Bobby, Joe, and Mia from the franchise. Uh, JC, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the movie? Um, you're going to see it's pretty it's high. I'll probably have it higher than... I mean, I think me and Dave might have it in the same spot, but I absolutely loved it. I was so glad that it, that it, went, to, it went to theaters instead of streaming because like, I saw it in the Sixth Street, so it was like, like you, Dave, you've been there a lot. Like that crowd usually for horror movies is pretty good. So it was like, it was like the reactions were great. Like this, this was an incredible communal experience. So like, I would have, if I would have just seen it at home with Jen, it would have not felt the same as seeing it with a crowd. The reactions, you know, like, like the laughs, the callbacks that people got. Like when they said that by dawn, like, I mean, I turned to Jen. I was like, that's the subtitle of the of the, of the sequel. Yeah. And then, you know, like, some people were like, yeah, you know, then this is, 
It's, it's, it's just horror movies is always just I feel like those are the best movies to watch in theaters because like you never get the same feeling when you watch it at home and it's just your reaction like you get crowds so it's just and I, I enjoy the like being somebody that, that has always lived in buildings it was fun to I mean I don't live in a high rise but I still live in a building and I see my I know I know I got my neighbors who like, oh you know so and so from the from the seventh floor whatever the case is so it was good just to see this in the in a in a different setting than the woods. And um, performance-wise, we'll get to it, but Alison Sullivan is... Alyssa Sullivan was incredible. The mm-hmm. MVP of the movie for me. The, I believe... I mean, I'm pretty sure they used some CGI, but it, it, it felt like it was a return to practical effects for certain things. And it was like a very, very graphic movie with great callbacks to the, to the, to the franchise with the chainsaw and everything like that. I think it's the sec- third highest rated in the franchise right now. Oh yeah, because yeah, it got down. It just started at ninety six. I was like, yeah, it was, oh, it I'm was, glad it went down because you know, they're, you know, there's gonna be the casuals that like, oh, how does it how, how is it higher than the original? It's not better than the original, so I'm glad it kind of went down a bit because yeah, I don't want this movie I'm, to get called overrated. I'm with you, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, Jack, yeah, uh, kind of like I mentioned with the Evil Dead 2013, I think this is still going off on its own direction, but. You know, this was clearly directed by somebody who's a fan of Sam Raimi's movies. Uh, And so just kind of the whole tie-in with style was definitely there and it worked for me. Some really funny moments, just like in really like out of nowhere places. Like I remember the one, there was one dialogue, like one of them called them like a, like she referred to her children as like titty suckers. That was was fucking hilarious. like, Like, Half that of me shit. was like, half of me was like, you know, kind of like in chills, but the other half was like, teehee, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, that was um, really funny. And just kind of the overall lives. like creativity with the kills, I think, really worked. Big fan of the setting change. You kind of touched on that, Mark. How we're not at a cabin in the woods anymore, and I think in some ways the whole apartment complex is like definitely it's like. About as scary, I would say, as like, you know, like being at a cabin in the woods, because I think you're more claustrophobic and more like restricted because like where why like where it is scary of you just like running out and there's just like nothing but trees. Like if that fire escape is gone and you're on like the 19th floor, have fun trying to get down. Uh, but then there are also references to other movies like there is one callback to The Shining. The uh, yeah, I, that beautiful mm-hmm. Perfection. Uh, yeah, I, pre- I, pre- I prepared David for that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, how much your favorite one of your favorite horror movies? Yeah, he and, was like, oh, season of the witch. I, I <laughs> he would have he would have lost it in theaters. Dude, that. <laughs> I would have been like Tom, Tom Atkins. Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> the I want her kids. Oh, that's great. No, I agree with both of you guys. I loved it. Uh, you'll see where my rankings, where I land on it. I think it's it does such a great job of homaging the original. The original, the original trilogy, and I think it captures the gore, gorification of the 2013 version. So I think it does a lot, a lot well here. And Alyssa Sutherland is pretty damn incredible in it. Did not expect an homage to the Human Centipede, and I think we can. <laughs> that was pretty fucking bananas. If there is a thing, I probably will give. You know, I have to be honest. The op- while the opening was great, I oh, I, love I, I didn't like that it pretty. I hated the ending, like where they where she how she was possessed by it at the end. 
I, I just felt like you're you're setting up a sequel to be back in the cabin in the in the in in the, in the woods area, and I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. just its self-contained story works so well. I didn't really think we needed that. But you woods know, it's area. a lucrative franchise, so I guess they they, they well, want to make sure that they get a sequel this time. I, I mean, I don't think it, it, it. Go ahead. It, I was gonna say it does lead to one of the great title cards I've seen in recent memory. Yes. The, yeah. Oh yeah. hell yeah! yeah. That, that was sick. I, I could, that was one of the few things that like I'd heard about like going in and they were like, Oh, the title card is like insane. And I was like, interesting. Like, okay. And then it happened. And I was like, Oh yeah. yeah that's, and that's ho- pretty rad. Homegirl getting her fucking scalp taken off was, Oh, I gotta yeah, say Alan, the, Alan gr- the greater was a little bit overhyped. It was cool, but I expected more from it. Yeah. Like I, 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 I do agree with that. I think, yeah, I, yeah, like you were saying, like everyone was talking about that, but like in practice, like I don't even think that was what like actually like did the like like got the job done. Like I think she did like no. do something else. I mean, like just the girl, action of it is like scary. Homegirl eating the glass was more like insane. yeah, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, glad to see we all liked it. Let's finish off here. I'm gonna r- let's run through these quick. Uh, I'll do. Let's save characters for last. So I'll do top five moments for me. I'll just run through my five. Um, this is a very subtle one from, from Ash versus Evil Dead. It's a penultimate episode of season two when Ash goes back to 1982. And oh, yeah. don't don't stop believing it's playing. And it feels like... I, can, I think Campbell's performance is really good in that just because it kind of shine light. It's going back to a simpler time before everything started. I think that really, that really worked well for me. Uh Forgot to mention it. Shout out to Lee Majors as Ash's dad in Ash vs. Yeah, we'll just bring him up. That was pretty great. Uh, number four was in Army of Darkness, good Ash versus evil Ash. I <laughs> uh, really dug that. Number three, again, Ash versus evil dead, kind of the return of Ash when you first he puts back the he puts it back yeah, on. And I think that's a really memorable moment. And then top two, I think it's pretty obvious for. Uh, the Living Woods, when you first get that scene of the rape, followed by yeah. the reveal of the Deadite for the first time. And then number one is Ash versus Hand equals Chainsaw Modification. Leading, I mean, this is one of the best things in any horror movie, like, ever. Like, that's, like, without a doubt, number one with a bullet. Uh, Jack, you're five here. All right. Uh, kills. So. Or moments. Or wait, moments. No, moments, moments, moments. Yeah. All right. So. My number five, I I think my number five. I'm probably gonna say uh, the ele- the elevator sequence in Evil Dead Rise. Oh, you uh, know what? Now that I did see it, I didn't. This is the one thing I didn't update. I probably would move that down and put that five. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like I, we talked like the cheese grater was like a little overrated but like i i thought where i knew we were going once i saw like the elevator wires coming in i was like oh no but then it completely like changed it it went all uh went all went all stranger things pretty on her instead uh my number four i i just have in quotation marks groovy but i mean you're right dave with like the the conjunction of those two scenes ash with his hand and uh well, I mean, actually, you know, actually, that is my number three, Ash versus his hand. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I mean, like, the groovy is, like, the whole chainsaw modification is there, but, like, Ash versus his hand, like, 
like I mentioned earlier, like some of his best physical comedy, him just like flipping himself over in the house and just probably beating the fuck out of himself is the extent that he goes really just like sold it for me. Number two, uh, Cheryl's reveal in Evil Dead yeah. One. You, you, I, I guess you could throw in the tree scene there, but I always that was like the moment where I really was like, oh, like, and that's that's the moment where I had to go back and be like, oh, these are like twenty two year olds making this. Like, this is like rad as hell. Mm-hmm. And my number one, I cheated big time here, but I I just can't talk about it without this. I have written down the first ten minutes of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Break ever breaking down everything that happened. We in, we're in, we're reintroduced to the uh, the Nemecronicon. Ash and Cheryl arrive at the cabin. Ash listens to the tapes. Uh, the spirit breaks through the window. Cheryl appears as the deadite and is beheaded with the shovel. Uh, and then the spirit takes Ash with like that crazy like spinning shot. That like, insane. My fa- favorite moment in the movie. <laughs> awesome. I know you didn't do it, JC, but I guess you agree mostly with no, us. No, no, no. I, I, I worked on it quick, so I, like, all, like I, obviously, this is like some when you guys are seeing some things. I'm like, okay, I really like that. So, like, with, my number five is like same what Jack said. The first time is Evil Dead Two. This incredible stuff. So does that. This was the same, but also going to be a little different than the first. Uh, the fourth, I'm like. Weird for me to say is one of my favorite scenes, but just the tree rape because it just is inc- it's an incredible idea. It's just like for you to have actually write that in your script, like it's crazy. Just it's just an incredible moment, like it's memorable. So it's dope that they mentioned it. Uh, number three, I'll say is um the season two ending. For me, I felt like it was. I said, Jack, when you get to it, you'll see why I, I love it so much. And I would have been like the perfect ending for him as a character. But I love it a lot, even though it wasn't the final ending for Ash. Uh, number two, it'll be the the pencil, the pencil scene. Oh, the pencil the, scene. Oh, Damn it, man. I forgot the pencil, pencil like, scene. Oh, like, dude, that's where I it gets see. tough. Because like you've got the Cheryl reveal and then like everything just kind of goes to shit within like the next like 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and like, like, yeah, like where the scenes break off is like really, really tough. But yeah, that's awesome. over ten times, and it's like I don't know if you ever seen Misery Jack, but I know Dave has. <laughs> oh, when she like that, mm-hmm. that, like like the hobbling nope. scene, like those two scenes, I know it's coming. And every time they happen, I'm like, it's a reaction. We both when we watch movies, like I always hold my ankle because it's like, I'm like, Ugh. And like yeah. it's like that's a great scene when it's like you've seen it so many times and it still hits you and it makes you even touch your own body part, like. Like, oh, like, oh my god, that would hurt. And then number one, we've all had it, but it's Ash versus In the Shed is just yeah. incredible. Like, the <laughs> comedy, so everything that happens. Can, can, just... can we give a special shout-out to his hand giving him the bird? Yes! <laughs> that, that And, like, his like the muttering it's making. It's like, it just sounds so pissed off. Um. Alright, so number one for sure. let me run through my five kills. Uh, the hell did i put this in my notes did i get five? Oh man i'm an idiot i only ended up doing four ah well uh i i labeled it as ash's reunion with henry Etta from ash versus evil dead so now i can talk about it a little bit more this scene is so insane jack it goes through two episodes him versus henrietta oh ash. my god yeah 
It's it's <laughs> it's fucking wild. It pretty much, uh, and it was it did bring Ted Raimi back as Henrietta as well. <laughs> so pretty much, that's the thing about casting your brother. He fo- always return for your. He's always going to be available. <laughs> Follow suit. Obese shit talking. Doing everything she did in Evil Dead Two is pretty insane. Um, Cheryl and kill wise Cheryl and Shelly I put them together cause like while Cheryl's isn't flashy just her being in that cellar and then ultimately how that ends coinciding with Shelly's death but she gets destroyed by Scotty with that axe when he gets chopped she gets chopped up uh, number two the um, Henrietta to, in Evil Dead 2 so Henrietta, yeah. Henrietta gets two here uh, I think it's a perfect, it's a great blend of horror and comedy blending, with, which brings the Apex Mountain of a, the use of the broomstick, maybe? And finally, this is a surprise, but I think you guys will appreciate this one. My number one is Mia versus the Abomination Mia in Evil Dead 2013. Oh, That sequence worry, I, I, I with that, I think it's, it, it's, it's, it's twofold here. It's a perfect homage to the franchise. With, and the use of the chainsaw, and I think it's Mount Rushmore addition to the use of chainsaw in movies, because that the way that final shot was shot when she puts the chainsaw in her mouth and the... Oh my god! Like, perfect. Absolute <laughs> perfection. Uh, let's see who we can go. JC. Actually, no, Jack, I know uh, you probably since you did this, uh, you took your time on this one, so... Okay. Uh, number five, for me, this is kind of... This this got edged out in my uh this got edged out in my uh moments so I definitely wanted to throw it in here uh the soul this uh the supermarket at the end of Army of Darkness and just that whole final interaction uh, the kill itself is kind of like eh I I will say like the actual kill but like the scene and everything that leads up to it I think is really just what pushes it over the top for me. Number four, also from Army of Darkness, it's the um, okay the, the soldier in the pit, like that first guy who goes in. There's just nothing; it's just pure silence, and then all of a sudden, just a fountain of blood just shoots up out of the top. Uh, and that just like I didn't even I had a feeling that was what was going to happen, but then it actually didn't. I was like, man, like that's awesome. My number three also is Henrietta from Evil Dead Two. Just that whole inter- the whole interaction between those two is great, and the fight, and just the head extending and becoming like that gross stop motion, uh, like model is really really awesome. And then he finally gets that last laugh. Um, my number two, actually, um, I don't think the I can't remember for sure if the other person actually met their demise, but I would like to assume so. I have the double header in the opening scene from Evil Dead Rise. Uh, oh, just yes. yeah, the, the 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 beheading just came out of nowhere. Really, he just got th- the head just got thrown out of water, and her, her getting scalped too. Uh, I was very just like I like I knew it was like all right, this is gonna be like the cold open because I knew the whole thing was in the building. But again, yeah. I didn't I didn't know like to what extent was it gonna be. Like to what? Like what were they gonna do, and how far would they take it? But I mean, just like the scalp alone was horrifying, and then the head coming Tarantino out of the water. Tarantino would be proud. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, very Alda Rain of her. Um, but I mean, my number one, uh, I think it's got to be Shelly getting hacked to shreds. I I will say, it's an awesome kill, but I sometimes do get a headache when I'm watching that scene just because you have like three minutes of like demonic Shelly yelling and like when she gets that like last big act flow it's like oh like it reminded me of a very basket case sounding like that one scene in the bedroom when he's going on the basket case though you oh man yeah no I I I keep I like I started it once like five minutes but it was like late so I never I've never gone back to it so that's why I can't say I actually seen it yeah but that's definitely something I have to watch Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of Henry Lauder's movies? Yeah, I saw Brain Damage. I'm the one that put Dave on it. Like, I, oh, okay. You, know, you gotta watch that when I, when I saw the whole mutating mouth thing. I'm, yeah. I'm for those that have seen it. And then I saw Frank <laughs> and Hooker, too, which... That's the one I that mean, I still need to see. That's the last of, like... His oh, you big... haven't seen Frank and Hooker? No, that, I, I was in a similar spot with you. Like, I started it, and I just, like... It just, like, wasn't that night, and I was like, I'm gonna come back to this later, because, like, it's on yeah, my... That's what I remember because I remember we talked about the opening with the whole tractor stuff. No, but yeah, that that one is it's I think it's more funny than good. Right. We're talk we're talking about Frank and Hooker. Oh, how did we get to Frank and Hooker? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna say I bet you're wondering how we got here. <laughs> You'll have to listen for listen uh, for listeners. I uh, Daddy Duty called, so I had to step away. Uh, <laughs> how did we get to Frank and Hooker? Uh, I was talking. Wait for back escape. My number one kill is uh, Shelly getting hacked to shreds. Oh my how, god! Right. Like I like I I love that scene, but like I do sometimes get a headache because of like the constant screaming and like that last blow <laughs> yeah. to the back. Like I was like very basket case, like screaming in the bedroom, just like oh. But <laughs> yeah, and then no, I mean the. I, I I'm sure that making two of these lists, I was like the kills. I was thinking, I was like, man, I bet Ash versus Evil Dead has some sick kills that I just can't pick. Oh, you're gonna, and like you're gonna sa- same thing with the characters. I was like, there aren't really like in the other like in the movies at least. I'm sure I'm Ash versus Evil Dead is different, but I was like, yeah, it's really just like the Ash so Ash show for like sixty percent of these movies. So. <laughs> finding like the good supporting characters from there for two through five was definitely a challenge yeah no it's all right let's finish off with our favorite characters um Mer- Merc hey. hasn't done oh yeah sorry 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry i'll go pretty easy um i do have one honorable mention i won't go into details of what happens if you haven't seen the show jack but lee majors who plays his dad <laughs> his, yeah his his death is pretty. I won't say what happens, but it happens when it was supposed to be a very emotional scene. Like, you, when you watch the show, he's pretty much he's pretty much as that. He's like a smart mouth that type of person. Like, he doesn't really think much of Ash. So it's, it was gonna be like a heartwarming moment, and then his death happens. I won't say what it is, but that I just have to shout that out because it's, it's very memorable and it's so dope. Um. Number five, I have to go with Olivia when the whole starting from when she's like cutting up her mouth and then she gets killed by getting hit by the by the toilet seat. Mm-hmm. And just a great kill. I, another one I can talk about. Dave would appreciate it, but number four is um Chet, which is played by Ted Raimi. He plays like um Ash's like um childhood friend from 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 the town, and he used to date Cheryl. Can't go into details what it is, but his death was pretty dope and and it was emotional. 
Number three is Eric. The whole nail gun stuff is that stuff is sick. That that like it reminded me of like um I think it's a part of Destination Five to have a kill like that. Which I mean I'm even surprised he survived the whole pencil stabbing to the eye. I, I gotta say I, I gotta say about Eric. Where does this man buy his glasses? Like, <laughs> I, I have Are you jealous? I have straight up drop. I have straight up broken mine on carpet before, and he can exactly. like take pencils to the eyes, and it's like, man, I gotta like, I gotta find where you're getting yours at, man. <laughs> For real, like I've had, I've, had, I've literally like they would appreciate that. Like I've literally had to. Sometimes my glasses have looked like Bubba Bubba Ray from freaking Bubba Ray, Bubba Dudley, Ray Dudley. Yeah. I've had, bro, I've, I've had to literally put tape because when I when I when I take when I take them to get fixed or like to order new ones it takes like two weeks and I'm like yo I'm blind I can't do two weeks on my glasses <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I've had them to put like the whole tape and I look like I feel like so weird I'm like what am I a freaking high school kid here <laughs> so like so yeah I'm with you like so, like I, I remember when I first watched them I'm like how the hell you survived the stab the whole eye stabbing like mm-hmm. but the nail gun was a better kill uh number two is um Lydia Linda and and Evil Dead two the whole Decapitating her head, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. And then number one, same as David, the whole ending of Evil Dead oh, 2013. Good, 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 good. Bro, that stuff is sick. The use of the chainsaws, like it's like I, it's it's weird to have to not say it's a moment from one or two that's that's the best kill, but Betty just went all in on that. That was like that's his apex mountain. That's the best scene he's ever he's ever directed. Yeah, I. That's crazy. Um, all right, cool. And to finish up on characters, uh, this is my cheat, Jack. Um, number five is the Necronomicon as a whole. <laughs> That's my five. <laughs> <laughs> so tech, technically, I mean, hey, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, whatever you want to call it, it is bound in human flesh. It is. It's a par- It's a par- and it apparently it's like a living it thing. Talks. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, I, I give it to you. I give it to you. Um. Yeah, I mean, there is no Evil Dead without the Necronomicon, so... Uh, I gotta say, it looks so shitty in the original movie. Oh, yeah. No. They, they, really yeah. Did, they really made it look better come Evil Dead 2. For sure. Uh, number four? So, alright. This is where, I, this is where like, tying and not... I, I, I feel like... So... Don't do ties. Come on. I have to, because, like, yeah. I really love Ellie in this new Evil Dead Rise... But I also love Mia and Evil Dead 2013, and I feel like five is too low for both of them. I'm gonna go with both of them here because they're. I thought uh, Necronomicon was five. Four. four. That's what I mean. I feel like them being five okay. is still too low. I cheated. I, mm-hmm. Let me live. Of course, man. Is that, is that a David? Let me live, David man. I mean, I mean, I put ten minutes into one scene, so I'll allow it. <laughs> let me live. Uh, number number three is Pablo. Couple of reasons here. Yeah, fucking love. Number one, a Latino lead in a horror franchise is let's go. Number Great. number two, yep. he has the best nickname in the franchise, El Jefe. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's what he always calls um Ash. Jefe. Yeah, it's like it's always mad funny when he says it. Number three, I just love his personality. Like I feel like he's a good blend of like anxious, badass, and he's also very love struck and. Spoiler alert on that. Um, and he also has a stash that will make any porn star from the 1980s jealous. David, I mean, Helmer wishes he could grow a mustache like that. <laughs> not, since, <laughs> not since Tom Atkins has a porn stash looked that good. Uh, number two is Kelly. Uh, Dana DiLorenzo oh, plays her. I, 
I'm obsessed with Kelly. Like she is, she's basically female Ash. That's the way I put it. She is, she, I think she's on par with him on the show. Not the movies per se, but on the show, I think she's on par with him. I think she's gives a female voice to the show. I think she has an insane charisma. She's hilarious. Um, take shit from him. She's actually has, and I think she offers like an emotional vulnerability to her character. And honestly, she is one of the nicest people I have ever met. Like I met her a couple of years ago. Oh, she is no, insanely no. nice. Uh, and you know, number one, we're all gonna have the yeah, same one. So yeah. there's not <laughs> much to add much. there. Uh, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, we can just save number one because I would, I think we, we would all laugh if somebody didn't have number one as number one. But yeah, yeah so I, I, by the way, one. anyone that does, Ash, there you go. Yeah. The most no, obvious no, number no, one besides Freddy Krueger. Seriously. <laughs> my, my number five is also the Nemechronicon. Uh, yeah, this, the characters, that's definitely the biggest thing. I was like, man, I wish I saw Ash versus Evil Dead because I, like... No, you, you definitely would have added Like, like these movies, like, the movies, like, it's primarily, <laughs> like, the Ash show. So, like, you've got to... I, I had to work to find, like, the, the supporting characters I like. So, number four, um, I would say is Henrietta. Is Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Speci- specifically stop motion Henrietta, you know, yes, and, yeah. with the with the extending neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my number three is uh Cheryl, Evil Dead One. Nice. No- nothing really like before she gets possessed, it's all like one w- <laughs> once we once lose the act once we lose the actress and it just becomes like a makeup job. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's what it's like. All right, let's go. Uh, number two, Mia Allen. Uh, okay, let's go. Like, like I mentioned, really liked uh, the kind of change they brought to that character in the movie, and just the kind of just like that whole contrast uh, really, really works. And then, I mean, obviously, number one, the man with the chainsaw, the man with the boomstick, Mr. Ash Williams. Awesome. All right. Speaking, speaking of okay. boomstick, I. I was gonna say, speaking of boomstick, I forgot to mention this when we talked about Evil Dead Rise. But man, I fear the person who gets to dual wield the boomstick and Staffney. <laughs> I was gonna say that, that that's a that's a that's a combo. I don't think anybody can be. All right, and JC, who else but Ash do you have on your list? Okay, nope, not a part of my list, but just a special shout out to once again. I love him, the majors as as Brock Williams. Jack, you're gonna love it when you get to the show. Just smart ass, like a son. Uh, number five, Alicia Sutherland as Ellie. Like, like I said, the the, the MVP of the, of the Evil Dead, um, Evil Dead Rise. Incredible physical performance, and just really terrified the shit out of me, which is rare for me to do. So I've seen so many horror movies, but she really gave me the creeps in some in some scenes. Uh, number four, Mia, just. One of the best female core characters this century, like some of the best moments in the franchise, and a great performance by Jing. Well, career making, honestly, performed by by her. Mm. Uh, number three, Pablo. For everything David said, you know, being Latino it was just great to see such a well written character. And like I said, I can't say too much because I don't want to spoil stuff for Jack. But Dave knows, like. Everything that has to do with him and the book, mm-hmm. that connection yep. they have, is just some of the best writing I've seen in a horror show. And I love how they cu- it comes back. I, it always comes back to it, like throughout the throughout throughout the seasons. 
Number two, Kelly, like like everything they've said, is like a female Ash. I love that. I love that they made such a before. Um, well, it was after Mia, but like I love how they made her such a powerful character. She didn't take shit from Ash, which I appreciated. Like she didn't match. She didn't mind talking back to him, and so all that stuff was good. And she was also a badass. And then number one, obviously, Ash. Like like come on, it's like like I said, is he's. Besides Freddy Krueger and the and, and Emerald Elstree, I think there's no other number one for a horror franchise. Cause yep. you could do Scream, you could maybe say Sydney, you could maybe say Ghostface, but Halloween you could say Laurie, you could say Michael. But right. when it comes to Evil Dead and when it comes to Emerald Elstree, like the number ones is pretty much obvious in those two franchises. I agree. All right, and let's finish up with our rankings. Thank God there's not much here. Um, yeah, not including the show, obviously. So I'll do I'll do mine quick. So Army of Darkness is my five. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. It's the lowest rated and at four stars. So sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> Evil Dead 2013 is four. And then we get Evil Dead Rise at three. And maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment, but I think Alyssa's performance and some of the work in that. While I'll say 13 is has the better ending. I do think the, there's a lot of great stuff in three, and Alyssa's performance is at the top of it. Two is The Evil Dead. And then one now, I'm sure you guys will be happy, is Evil Dead Yes! Two. Evil Dead 2 is my number one. There's a huge moment, listeners. For so long, this guy gave me shit because cause, mm-hmm. cause I had, I had, I had um, Evil Dead 2 as, as the best in the franchise and also my favorite Sam Raimi movie as well. I think it's still not my favorite Sam Raimi movie. I think it's still yeah, Spider- yeah, Spider-Man, 2, Spider-Man right? 2, but I think Evil Dead 2 is right right after. Uh, Jack, what do you got? All right. Well, actually, uh, actually, let, me, let Jack end it because my list is the same as yours, David. I rather I know Jack is going to be a little different, so I'd rather we, oh, we end it with Oh, so Spider-Man. we have the same – you have the same exact – Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, great. Exact same order. I'd rather, I'd rather us end it with Jack because I know his will be a little different than ours. All right, Jack. Yeah. Uh, same, same with you guys. Uh, this, like – What's lower and what's higher doesn't exactly mean, like, they're bad. Like, I think this is the most consistent horror franchise in terms of quality. Uh, number yeah. five is uh, Evil Dead 2013. Oh, wow. But, okay. like, but, but still, like, a so- I think that's, like, a solid three and a half. Like, borderline four, maybe, when I go back and watch it later. Uh, then Evil Dead Rise. I think it's, like, a tick. I, it's, like, a tick above it, I think. Still about the same level, but... I think just the general like pace of it all and setting, I think just really worked and it was more of its own thing. Three army of darkness. I think these three movies are definitely like, they're, they're definitely much closer. They are together than like with what the top two are. Cause I think those two are like here. And then the other three are like three, yeah. pretty even down there below. Um, my number two, I, my number two is the Evil Dead, uh, and number one, Evil Dead Two. I mean, they're honestly like on my like top one hundred favorites. Like they're like uh-huh. within like they're like within ten spots of each other. So like they're right there. Yeah, it's like, um, like one A one B with with those two movies. Exactly, and like one is like one of the best, just like pure horrors and the OG like Cabin in the Woods, and I'll always have a soft spot for it just because it was you know. A bunch of twenty-three-year-olds. The, the, the way I always looked at that movie is like, if, I, I know Dave has. Have you seen Super Eight, Merc? Like I love Super Eight. Yeah, yeah, Super Eight. 
that Evil Dead to me feels like what those kids would make like when it, when they're in college. Yeah. Because like the they're like big fans of, like Halloween and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I agree. And then Evil Dead Two. I mean, that's just like one of the most bonkers <laughs> movies I've ever seen, and it really just gets better every time I watch it. And I will add, if I had to put in the show, it'd be number three. Okay. After the first. Yeah. After the first yeah, two Evil Dead. Uh, all right, cool. This was a long one, but I think it was a great conversation, fellas. Uh, before we go, let's tell everyone where they can find you. JC. Uh, you can find me at Merc with the Movies on Instagram. I pretty much cover everything, TV shows and movies, and these foreign films, old releases, all that stuff. Right now, I'm currently running a year-long project where every Friday I'm reviewing a movie from the 90s. I usually try to go a bit more obscure to put people on. So well, here and there, I'll, I'll dabble in some in some popular movies because I just really love them and want to review them. And I've also been getting more in touch with doing a lot of anniversary reviews, which you know, is like 83, 88, 93, 98, and so and so some three. Like a lot of great movies came out those years, so I'm doing a lot of those this year. And similar to Jack and um, David, I'm also part of the League of Cinephiles on YouTube. You can follow us. A lot of great matches are coming up. We're currently in our singles tournament. Awesome, Jack. Uh, you can find me on uh, you can find me on the Critics Circle as well as League of Cinephiles. We are in the middle of the movie trivia tournament, which is always very good fun. We've already had some very surprising upsets, upsets. and I'm sure that won't be the end of it. Uh, and you can also hear me over on Chop Talk. We just covered another classic horror movie, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. Uh, and then you can always read my thoughts on movies on Letterboxd. And you can find me at cinematicreal.com. You can find my work on Ron Tomatoes. Follow me on Instagram at cinematicreal. You can follow me on Letterboxd at cinematicreal. Uh, next week, uh, it's one Jack and I have been waiting to cover. Uh, it'll probably be one of the least listened episodes we've ever done. But I'm, I hope all Kubrick fans join us as we What's cover up? 2001 A Space Odyssey next, oh, nice. next week. That'll be uh, That'll and the be return, a... And the return of Hunter. It's been a while. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, three, like three episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely not as niche what we've covered the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, because I'm like, I've been, I've been a guest two times in the past three weeks. Yeah, so it should yeah. be, it will be fun to have him back and break down the absolute sci fi masterpiece. There's a reason to rewatch now. Hell yeah. Until next week, see you at the Moscow.